Welcome to episode 32 of an Axe Throwing Podcast. I'm your host, Bill Feinberg. Today's date is Sunday, April 16th, although I think this will probably take me a couple days to get this out, so this will probably come out uh, after uh, April 20th, because that's when George Sanchez's episode is coming nice. out. So, uh, shout out to George. I interviewed him yesterday. So, But today, we're not talking to George. Today, we are talking to Nick Rich, a.k.a. Homeless Nick. Uh, Nick, thank you for being here. Appreciate you. Appreciate having me on. Cool. Yeah, you know, I know. Uh, I think Dolan kind of introduced us over Facebook Messenger. Uh, I don't know, over a year ago ish. Uh, and I've been just dragging my feet. So trying. Uh, I don't really have like a good system of how I schedule it because it's like it's like calendars and logistics and then current events yeah. and all that kind of stuff. So it's like yeah. Uh, but we're we we did it. We're here today. We made it. So uh, so let's get into okay. it. Um, all right. Uh, where's the nickname Homeless Nick come from? Um, well, that <laughs> originated from, uh, Rob Leverance and David Duncan back when, uh, they were much bigger active throwing. Um, and that was in Houston Axe. That's when we originally started. Cause that's where, uh, that was like the only venue we had down here in Houston, uh, winter league 2019, just before, um, 19 worlds, uh, <laughs> so I came into that winter league and it was just a trashy uh, tank top, sweats, basically what looks like my normal attire if it's not the overalls. Um, <laughs> and they're like, man, you just look homeless. And then it kind of just stuck. They just kept calling me homeless Nick because I look like a homeless guy just in there throwing. All right, cool. Yeah, that's uh, I guess maybe to to back up because so you started in IATF, correct? So I started Waddle, and then uh, okay. Six months into that, I got introduced to uh, what was NATF to now IATF uh, due to uh, Rob and Dave going to Austin. Okay, I, I apologize. I uh, my like Texas and like ITF Waddle history is because I started Austin end of 2017 2018 and i think like houston didn't have anything for that first year so, yeah uh okay so i i apologize that i got no, you're good. um so cool um all right so that that's that's the origin of the nickname but uh so before you got started act story what was your life like in the past right uh <laughs> was that um weird guy that was friends with everybody but uh before i asked on it was um like job wise uh so i ran a, a service dealership for like on the service side for a dealership so when you came in to get your work your work done on your cars i was that guy so like your transmission yeah oh, <laughs> that yeah. was uh that was me i was the guy you talked to on that one um then before that uh i was a cop which a lot of people are like, nah, we can't see that. But yeah, that, that was, that was me. Uh, it was fun. Uh, it was a good time. It just short lived. It got too busy, but it was, it was, it was a lot of good fun. Okay. One, uh, one of my favorite comedians has a joke about how he's like, he's kind of like a, a punk rock dude from the suburbs of Chicago. And he's like, I, he's like, I understand. Like somebody's like, why'd you want to be a cop? Oh, it pays $10 or more an hour than the post office. And I get a gun. He's like, I, I get you. I could have been you. <laughs> it, it, it was, it was, it was fun. I, I definitely enjoyed it. I had a lot of good times. 
Cool. Uh, all right. So now, uh, what about? So that's kind of like life before Axe. And if you have any any stories from uh, like from either of those kind of things that like you think are kind of fun, want to share, feel free to sh- uh, share them. Uh, we kind of get to those later. See how we're doing sure. on time. Um, so that's life before axe throwing. What do you got going on outside of axe throwing, if there is such a thing? Um, so the, yeah, I've, I've got a little bit of some outside life outside of axe throwing. Um, you know, got a ten-year-old daughter, so got to make sure she does all, gets her stuff going. Uh, she's just finished doing softball, so it was like Girl Scout cookie season. So that was like this biggest ordeal. It was swamp okay. in that one. It was buried in cookies, which I'm not complaining about. I uh, I've I always thought like the smartest Girl Scout cookie sales strategy was when I would go to like a brewery and then somebody would have just like brought their cookies to the brewery. Oh yes. Oh definitely. <laughs> yeah, she was she went out to one of the breweries here in Houston, set up a table right outside. I and mean, like this whole the whole time she was selling it, it was like forty two thousand boxes. Like, she was she was slinging <laughs> boxes of cookies. That's 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 uh that's some hustle. I uh <laughs> I don't think I've ever sold 42 of thousand of anything in my whole life. And I worked retail. <laughs> um, cool. Uh, now, uh, it's my understanding you're also a, a bit of a video gamer. A little bit. Yeah. Uh, if, if I'm not throwing or if I'm not out, you know, hanging out with people, uh, like when we all go out, um, that's what I'm doing. That's like my escape from reality. So be it. When, uh, when it comes to video games, are you, are you like, a so it, I guess, will you play one into the ground or will it's kind of like today I feel like playing this, whereas tomorrow I feel like playing that. It's kind of like a day by like a game time decision. Oh, no, I, I'm definitely like a lifer on some of these games. Um, one in particular would probably be like Destiny 2 as of right now. Uh, those who know when that originated, it's like a nine year journey of me beating my head against the wall of grinding. But uh, before that, I'm I'm pretty sure I've done multiple clears over and over through Skyrim with all the different mods once it got released. Uh, so that was that was a good time. I uh, Skyrim is like that was I that's the game I like that retired me from video games. Out of like all of the vices that I have and just like the the things that could get me into trouble. Uh, the thing that gets me into trouble the most is video games because, uh, like, especially if I could just, if it's a story and I can just play by myself, you know, cause like playing online, you're like, oh, I got to wait for somebody or okay. Like it's laggy today, but if it's just like, Oh, I could just play. Right. Like I, it's Scott, you mentioned Skyrim. I, I'm ashamed to admit this, but I have almost peed my pants <laughs> playing a video game that I could pause. <laughs> well, I mean, you could have just set it on wheels and rolled it with you. And just continue. Yeah. I just set up a, like a FaceTime cam. So it's like, yeah. all right. No, no I, uh, yeah, there's, there's times like I think in college where uh, at one point my like roommate friend from high school uh, was at Ohio state. We to the, between the two of us, we 100% in Skyrim before the downloadable content came out. Um, and then, and then the DLC came out and it's like, no, I can't, I can't do it. I can't. It's like, it, I felt like I was like re-enlisting. <laughs> <laughs> um man then yeah that uh you you bring up the 100 percent thing like going through before downloadable content like in college uh that was probably like the biggest grind for me was when i was in college and um that was short-lived if i wasn't at a party i was pretty much there because i definitely did not go to class 
<laughs> definitely not. I was definitely removed from that aspect. But uh, yeah, I mean, go doing Skyrim and kind of going through and especially like the hand missions. Those are probably like my favorite ones, like the Assassin's Guild and going like through the the Thieves Guild. Oh yeah, I uh... Garrett and I will like peek around the corners and sit there and say, "Kajit has wares," and just like run off. What um with, with those kind of games because those like my favorite style of game is like the Skyrims and Fallout's and the RPGs and that kind of stuff. Because uh, I don't like playing against, I don't like playing online games or playing against like kids who don't have jobs and can just play all day and then just talk. They just like run their mouth oh, and especially especially like I used to play like the UFC video game online when I was competing in mixed martial arts and like could be like just running his mouth like playing this. I'm like, dude, you want to come to the gym and like I teach jujitsu like for realsies? Uh, no. Yeah, I'm just like, yeah, I'll just, I'll just play these uh, RPG video games where I can cast Fireball. But <laughs> did, did you ever, like, with those, like, real grindy kind of RPG games, did you ever find yourself, you're like, I'm not even having fun doing this. I'm just, like, like I, I think the dumbest thing I did in Skyrim was, you know how, like, you'd have, like, the, the dungeons where the fire just comes out of the yes. floor? Right, and so if you just stand on it, you just take right. damage as long as you stand on it. Well, I was trying to level up my healing magic, so I would just stand on those and just heal myself. And so, like, my, my health bar would essentially just remain constant as long as I had enough magic right. to do it. And I would just, like, put on a YouTube video on my laptop and just stand there and burn and heal myself and grind healing magic experience points until I leveled up to get, like, a new feat or something. But at, at one point, I'm like, I'm not even playing the game. <laughs> like, I'm not even – I'm just – Spamming stats. Spamming stats. Yep. That was me with blacksmithing, all those iron daggers. You just over and over and over and over and over. Yep. Yep. So, uh, yeah, I can't. uh, That's why I don't play video games anymore because I can't do it responsibly. Be like, oh, I have to work at 8 a.m.? 4 4 a.m. sounds like a good bit. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Especially like new raids on Destiny. That's like the whole thing. When new content comes out, you got to mad rush to get to this high cap and then stall out, wait for things. Yeah, I uh, can't do it. Because uh, like like once you buy the game, although I will say, uh, v- like video games are expensive, but the amount of hours that you get out of them, when it's like, oh, I, sp- I spent sixty dollars on this game, I played it for two hundred hours. Yeah, you know, you can't say that about a lot of new games now because they're all rushed to come out, which is unfortunate. Okay. Everything, everybody now bringing out games, they just rush them. They're just trying to pump out games, so it's not really fun to get a. There's not like a cool one that's out. What was that one that was like super hyped and then like they actually had to like walk it back because it was so bad? I can't remember the name of it. Cyberpunk? I was gonna say when Cyberpunk yeah, released, it was they had a horrible they had a lot of bugs. Yeah, it's uh at work, I don't work in the gaming industry, but I work in the tech industry and a lot there's like some overlap between them and it's very much like, hey, should we make the game good or should we just try and make a game quickly? Exactly. And they're like, let's go quickly. They'll, they'll pay. Exactly. <laughs> Especially if it's like downloadable content that's always coming out, like all the DLC. It's like, ah, season pass it. We're fine. Call of Duty, I'm talking to you. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, I never I never got into Call of Duty. Actually, I, I tried to play like first-person shooters for a little bit where uh, I play uh, – the first one I ever got into was like Halo, right? And I played Halo. But then I think like a, a new Grand Theft Auto came out, and I got obsessed with that. But then the shooting controls were different. One was inverted, one was normal. Oh, no. So it's like one like you push up on the joystick, and I didn't really think about it at the time. But I'm, so after going from Grand Theft Auto, where it was whatever, 
trying to go back to Halo where it was inverted, it like broke. And I know you can change those settings, but it like everything just fell off. I was like, yeah, I'm done. I should probably I'm gonna go I'm gonna go learn how to play guitar. Um, oh, I can do that. All right. Yeah. Okay. That's uh. We all right. We, sounds like we talked about video games for a while, but we should probably uh, we should probably actually move on. And maybe talk about sure. some axe throwing. Uh, how how did you get started axe throwing? Uh, my wife. It was her. It was definitely her. Um, previous before that, actually, I was you know um, after playing football, uh, getting injured in that, wanted uh, something else competitive. So I went. So I was already weightlifting and everything there. So I kind of did like outside. Uh, tested my hand at you know semi-pro like powerlifting like trying to compete in that um obviously got really busy outside of work uh with work purposes didn't get to keep that up anymore so i just wanted i've always loved to compete it's always been something fun um like the mindset but that's fun so i just needed something uh i need something else and she found it on facebook she's like well you would probably really like this because i like doing it at Renfest when we go to ren fair they got those super dull rounded out metal axes that you throw yeah um <clears throat> sorry so um that that was always definitely something i needed was something else competitive and she found that and it was houston axe when we went um went walk, did like a walk on steven it was our well, he was the first person who ever coached us so i always remember that um got videos of course you know starting when you go in it's like man i just i i, I did this amazing like i i was i felt really good it felt natural rob and dave hyped me up because they were over two lanes over watching like you should really join league you know come the things we all do and you see someone who's really good hey yeah come on let's go you want to you want to grow the sport obviously make it more exciting for everybody um so you're like you're you're supposed to be exactly you are in the right place exactly and that was yellow pine with s wings i was like yeah i felt great it was amazing now look at us we're you know throwing 200 plus dollar axes and it's on soft as whatever sometimes i i i think i would love to do just like a, a throwback house axe on pine tournament so um i think bailey bailey and i were talking about this um was it i think at world's um, I know she'll probably correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, doing like an OG, anything like 2019, if you threw like in 2019 later, it's like an OG tournament where we did, yeah, where we do yellow pine and S-wings. And that would be with the old bulls, just kind of like reminiscing, kind of like a, a fun, like whatever tournament. And I, I think that'd be really fun, especially like if bring back those old butchered, like weird trail bosses that everybody was throwing. <laughs> Yeah, that'd be that'd be cool. Uh, but I guess um, before we kind of like kind of get into this, uh, one of the things you said uh, football. Uh, how long did you, like what? How long did you play football? What position? Uh, so I played 14 years of football, uh, kind of going all the way up. I played all through school, um, got all the way to uh, junior college because obviously I'm not smart enough to get into regular college. But I went to junior college, um, went to Blinn and Brenham here in Texas. Uh, was the original home where Cam Newton went before he, you know, went off and did big things. But that's where um, played there. Uh, played at Manville down here in like south of Pearland. Uh, we had like a big run, um, not as big as you know M- Michael Barton's uh, North Shore team, but uh, they they had they had good runs. It, it, it was fun. Um, it was a good time. I played uh, 
center. So I was a I was a center in football. Played that. Played right guard, and then I also was a deep snapper as well. Okay, so uh, often I guess is there a difference between a is a dumb question uh, a deep snapper and a long snapper? Um, same thing, just different as far as uh, whatever school you're at. Um, depends on if you if you played more in the uh, north or south side of the U.S. Some say long snapper, some say deep snapper. Um, but it, basically, you're doing the same thing. Do you? Uh, this is just like a. My ADD is going hard today. Um, have you ever heard of a NFL player named uh, Ryan Point Brian? Point uh, is a long snapper that was drafted by the Browns. The Browns drafted a long snapper. No, I, um, <laughs> unfortunately, I don't. I don't follow too. Man, it's 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 hard for me to follow people in NFL now, um, mainly just because I, I try to keep up to date with people that I've played football with. So I don't even really like when people ask like who your favorite team is. I I I don't have one. I'll follow just people that I played. So like, uh, Rennie Bullock played with him. Um, Eric Rowe, Miami Dolphins death row played with him. Uh, got bl- got awesome. blindsided by uh, Diggs on the Cowboys. That was that was a fun one. Okay. Uh, that was in our playoffs. Laid yeah, out. he laid me out. It was I got <laughs> ear holed hard. <laughs> But that was that was a fun. It was fun. Okay, cool. The, I, uh, one of the things that I feel like I've heard about uh, offensive uh, offensive linemen is that, um, like, when the offensive line is doing its job, you can't or like you know you can. The only notice when something goes wrong, right? It's kind of one of those things. Like, it is and I, I don't know. I, I played tailback and cornerback. I I was never good at football. I don't I don't even think I knew the rules when I was playing. I just saw the water boy as like and I was got I was getting bullied a lot of that time cuz I'd recently changed mm-hmm. schools. I was like I could tackle my bullies and if I do it well I get praised. Sign me up. Right. And they're like you're a cornerback. You're supposed to, you know, stop you defend the pass. I was like no, I I I wanted to be like a linebacker but I was too small. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, that was my downfall. I, I was, obviously, I'm I'm not like the tallest guy, but but that that's kind of that's where that's where it ran into. So like running center was cool because then I always had like giant other I had like Dolan size people or Simmons and everybody to my right and left. So it was like damn me here I am, <laughs> but it worked because I mean being short, you were getting under people's pads. It worked. It it made it easier for um. Especially for like the QBs to see over top to throw, especially if we were throwing right down the middle because I'm underneath their eyesight, so we're good. It, uh, oh man, I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to get my ADD under control today because they're like, oh yeah, talk, we want to talk about QB height. I think that's the reason why Baker Mayfield didn't work on the Browns because he couldn't see over the offensive line because the offensive line height in college is different than the pro level. It's like it's probably a separate. <laughs> well, then you got to compare Drew Brees. I mean, Drew Brees had a yeah. look over his line. Yeah, that's uh, that's true. Uh, yeah. Also, went to didn't they go to the same high school? Both went to, I don't know. Ooh, I don't, don't know that answer. I don't. Uh, yeah, I think they I think they both went to a high school in Austin, but I don't know. All right, uh, that's that's enough football. Uh, oh, one other thing I want to talk about before we kind of deep dive on the next one is it? So you mentioned lifting, yes. uh, and so I think you said um, uh, like talking about. So my wife did, uh, I think like when I was in college, she was doing like NPC competitions okay. and there's like, like, the like, and so it's like, I had to learn like 
little bit of the difference between like, okay, like this is, you know, bodybuilding and this is like powerlifting. And at first I was like, oh, those seem similar. Totally different. Right. Yeah. Um, so I think like Teets was saying that he tried to do, he was doing like bodybuilding at, in, like in school. Yeah. Um, which honestly, I, I didn't know that. That's awesome. Shout out to you, Teets. That's pretty cool. Uh, but the, man, I, that, that wasn't me. I don't have like the build to do bodybuilding and that, um, based on like my body structure. I, I definitely want to do more strongman ordeal. Uh, that was fun. Like to be able to do like the Atlas stones. Um, cause there's a, a buddy of mine, he, he's at a, a gym here in Houston and he competed in his weight class and it was pretty cool. He was showing me a lot of videos for it. And that was, um, kind of like going back before that portion, like kind of rolling it back. Sorry. Story kind of jumbled to just maybe rethink, but no. playing, playing football, good. uh, that was, we, we have these things here in Texas called lineman challenges. I don't know if they're, you know, across the U S but we do uh, lineman challenges, um, where it's basically the schools will take your offensive and defensive lines and you're doing basically that. It's a whole bunch of different challenges. We have to push a truck a hundred yards. Um, uh, you're doing, um, uh, rope pulls. So you're tied up harnesses to each other and you're going, but the biggest thing for that one was when we did like the Atlas stones as lineman challenge. And that, that's, that's really what kind of got me into it at first, like being able to pick these boulders up, set them on the things, turn, run, and you want to do it as fast okay. as possible, but kind of jumping back to the, the story I left, but that, him watching him do those, uh, those videos were really cool. Cause he's picking up these big metal like pipes and the lift them. And I was like, yeah, that, you know, that's something that I've, to me, that would be like impressive. Like, yeah, I got a video of me lifting up this big pipe. Cool. Or, uh, those like Celtic games where they're grabbing the bottom of the tree stump, the, the tree, um, uh, post and just flipping them. Things like that. Yeah. Yeah, it sounds like uh it's like the the lineman challenge just sounds like like a Spartan race or a tough mutter, but just for offensive yep. line. It's for us that don't like uh, running. I, yeah. <laughs> I, yeah, I I did I did some of those. I've done uh like a tough mutter. I think I did like the half marathon once, like a thirteen mile, was it a beast? Uh that was in Dallas twenty twenty one. That uh that was rough. Also <laughs> there's like you know, it's like, oh, it's November, the first week of November in Texas. How hot could it be? Yes. Hot. It could still be very yes. hot. You got like two more weeks till it gets okay. Yeah. You're like, oh, Thanksgiving. Oh, it's uh, cool outside. All right. Okay. Let's uh, let's get into some of the axe throwing. Uh, all right. So uh, I guess where are you throwing? When are you throwing? What are you throwing? Um, Where I'm so currently throwing at Harling Hatchet Stafford. Um, which, which you – own um so it's me my wife and garrett we're all um kind of like the cerberus on that one uh so it's us three that are all we all own that um own and operate it i mean it's it's a good enough size to where currently right now we don't need to hire anybody it's working well um but it's been great it it gives me um what i've quickly noticed is that becoming a uh a venue owner you actually practice less um and uh <laughs> yeah because you gotta work you can't well you can't just like roll up next to the customers and start throwing next to them and, and you can but then it's uh <laughs> i didn't i didn't think about that you're like i want to go practice so like like oh you're 
oh, you, you got a three? Just throw 64. They're like, well, I guess I'm not good at yeah. this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it's funny, like, when you get, like, the, the customers that come in, and they're like, yeah, I want to challenge you. Okay. And so you just don't want to, like, mud hole stomp them. You're just like, eh, you win. Yay. When uh when I lived in Austin and friends like, oh, we want to go to Urban Axes. And I'm like, I'll go with you, but, like, I'm not – like, or I'd have to find ways to like, you know, try and give myself a disadvantage. Like, all right, I'll throw lefty yep. or I'll, uh, I'll like set up, but then I'll like, actually, I just probably, probably shouldn't do this, but it's like throw like blindfolded, you know, <laughs> like, but it's like, I mean, like once you know how to throw, like I'm, I've thrown kill shots with my eyes closed before. Not a lot of them, but right. I've done it. Yeah. I've, I don't think I've hit the board with my eyes closed because somehow like I crossed my body. Yeah. So actually, that might be a that might be a spoiler alert from one of the community questions, if I recall correctly. But we'll get there. All right. So so throwing uh, at Stafford. Okay. Uh, did I get it? Did I get yep, it right? Stafford. Stafford. Okay. Cool. Um, that's a lot easier to say than uh, Fuqua. Yeah. F U Q U A. Yeah. Fuqua. Uh, uh, so in which uh, which days are you throwing there? Uh, so we are well. Um, official league wise, I'm throwing Mondays and Thursdays. And then anytime I'm in there, I'll I'll practice if it's slow. But um, which uh, which disciplines? Uh, so we do Monday is hatchet, uh, duels, and big axe. And so three disciplines on Monday. Correct. Yeah, we do three on Monday, and then Thursday is more of like our beginner night. Um, so we'll do hatchet and knives on that one. Um, trying to obviously grow knives more as well. But yeah, it, it's interesting, especially for knives. Um, Garrett will tell you, I was definitely not a fan of it at first. <laughs> it was, it's frustrating, man. Like I, I get it. I get the frustration on like how they rotate. It, it's, it doesn't make sense. Yeah, just uh, the clash. Uh, shout out to Tony yep. and Fancy. Uh, so the clash at the cut was my. First time competing in knives. Uh, and I didn't even have my own knives. I just borrowed knives from my duels partner. Yep. Han. And they're like, what are you throwing? And I was like, that's a great question. These <laughs> ones. <laughs> it's like my, my, my first one, uh, I think my first com- competition uh, for knives, it was at the, um, I know Money Man's going to correct me. I know he is. But it's at, it was at Texas Axe <laughs> down here when they were doing uh, their tournament. Um, that was the first time I've ever competed throwing knives like i've practiced knives i i use that with quotations because i didn't care about it um but then i i threw it i threw it there and I, like the two or three days before that tournament it was you know me garrett Philibom, um all of us were hanging out uh, i think colby and theo weren't living here yet but they were um coming down hanging out and, and we were all <laughs> practicing knives and i am abysmal i think my high at that point in time was 12 points on knives and then uh i ended up having to play money mat first in that tournament and i threw my all-time high score against him which was a 27 <laughs> and still okay. won that game which was probably the funniest thing i will I, I never let him live that one down you must that mu- you must have got some like some prime uh crap talking oh, like uh, all of it <laughs> It's it's so much fun. Uh, I, I'm pretty sure I, I I'm one of the only ones that can get into his head as far as returning trash talk. 
But Tony Lou said it best. If he is trash talking, just look at him. Don't engage. Leave it alone. That's uh, it, the way y'all talk. The way y'all talk shit down in Texas is kind of fun. Um, like, because I know it's like, uh, you know, I know I know it's coming from a place of love. Um, and so I think like just being at the clash. And at one point, I think me and DMac were hanging out, and Vale was there, and Money Matt, and like a, you know a bunch of the Texas crew. Uh, and we're like, how? We're trying to think of ways to like talk shit to Vale. Mm-hmm. Um, and here's the strategy that we came up with. Uh, you just validate Vale. Just tell him like Vale, you're good at axe throwing. Yes. And I know that you're good at axe throwing, and you know that you're good at axe throwing. And because uh, I feel like uh, he didn't know how to respond. You're right. So uh, that's that. So Vale, uh, that's my strategy for you. I'm just going to try and uh, compliment you and praise yep. you. <laughs> he, he's the best. Vale is the best, especially when he's got when he's shirtless and he's throwing. He is even better. He has gone super saiyan at that point in time. <laughs> has he ever? Uh, I wonder if uh, I wonder if he's ever like, oh, it's not working. I got to put the shirt back on. All right, that's all right. <laughs> um, okay. So that's uh, so that's so that's where uh, where and when you're throwing. Uh, what are you throwing for which disciplines? Uh, so I have two different hatchets that I've kind of been bouncing between. Uh, they're both aces. One's a Gen 1, one's a Gen 2. Uh, both uh, Texas made Tulco, George Sanchez. Um, it's the, I've got the uh, the football leather on the outside. That's kind of like my big thing for that one. Obviously, I played four, the 14 years of football. So I wanted a grip that I was used to, and I hate like the tackiness of tape. And then bare wood, just very slip. It's like a very slippery. But we thought about it on the way back from Angrywood. That's that's where I was like, uh, where George and I, because we drove back, and I was like, man, there needs to be like a grip somewhere in the middle, something that you can use indoors where it's not, um, where it's not super tacky, and something that's outdoors, or it if your hands humid or sweaty because. You know, you're going to be outside. You're going to be sweating, especially between, you know, Houston, uh, Houston, Oklahoma. Sometimes it's just hot. And um, that was like. Yeah, that 2020 angry wood was hot. Yeah, my forehead was probably steel peeling at the end of the year for that one. But that that was a fun one. Um, (laughs) Funny story, I got free alcohol at that one from that bar there because of the overalls. But that was that was cool, and somehow became their calendar boy for that one for some shot they made. Right. So I guess uh, for the people that don't know what you're talking about with the oh, overalls, they kind of fill in. Um, so I wear uh, for for duels. My kind of attire I was kind of donned on at Angrywood was a American flag overalls. Um, at Angrywood, it's usually shirtless uh, with them, but it, they make great beer holders. Uh, but they're not like standard overalls with like pants. Uh, they're um, American flag overalls, but they're shorts. Uh, and that man, they're they're comfortable. I'm like you can dog on it all you want, but they are comfy. Did did you already have them before axe throwing and just got to like all right today's the day like or was it one of those things where you're like you saw them you're like yes. I'm throwing in these. Oh, um, I, I definitely, it was definitely like an impulse purchase of, oh, this would fit perfectly in this community. It's great. It, you know, cause, um, I, I got the inspiration originally from, 
man, I'm hoping I'm right on this one. Uh, Eric Prater. Uh, I think he, back at the U.S. Open 2019, he used to wear um, American flag, like, boxing shorts. Okay. And that was that was probably, like, the, the original inspiration from it. And I was like, man, because those were cool. It was like that, like the super shiny boxing material. It's like Rocky walking in on those. And then me being um, my uh, shy, normal self, uh, <laughs> I, I definitely the overalls were, were it. I was like, man, the, the, this is this is gonna be good. I'm I'm that I don't I don't care kind of attitude walking in. Like I, it is what it is. I'm gonna be me, you know. But yeah, it's uh definitely can't can't not have fun you're like all right this is this is who i yeah, am today this is of course and it, it, it works perfectly for duels because duels is one of those things that you want to have fun in and uh, if it gets too intense like uh, it's then you're not having fun and accidents happen you drop but it's i love them they're they're so comfy man i'll 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 buy more and more do you do you have uh like you know how like with with clothes, you're like, oh man, like oh, I can't find that same pair of jeans again. Or like, do you have any concern that like, uh, whenever those hit the end of their life, that you're not going to be able to find the exact same one? Or like, it don't matter as long as they're overalls with shorts and they got American flag print. That's all I. Need. Um, I, I, I'm definitely definitely going to be answered number two. Uh, it doesn't matter, and um, that's the great thing. Like with Chubby's, that's the name of the brand on that one. You know, um, they're super comfortable like especially for like big guys uh like for those of us who have like thighs if we have like thick thighs man those are probably some of the greatest shorts ever that i've ever worn um but they're just (laughs) uh it doesn't matter they have got another print that so that looks like those but it's not those anymore and it's a tie-dye american i thought about grabbing those and um but i kind of wanted to wear these out first that makes sense I wonder if uh, I wonder if you still get free beer uh, with the tie dye version, or if it's just got to be the OG. Right. Uh, I have a, a stupid uh, axe throwing wardrobe story, and it's not even really a story; it's more just an era of my life. So anybody that was like throwing at Urban Axes Austin from like I don't know, 2018, 2019. This is back when I lived mm-hmm. in Austin. Um, you know how people like to say like keep Austin weird, oh, of course. right? Well. I actually don't think Austin is that weird. Like I, I have friends that like grew up there and they got to tell me like what it was like, you know, you know, 10 years mm-hmm. ago, 20 years ago, whatever. Right. Um, and I think, you know, and I got there in 2014. It's like, okay. Like I feel like I saw some semblance of weird, but I also got to watch it like change. Uh, but so then I was like, well, all right, I'll, I'm going to keep Austin weird, but I'm going to do it my way. Uh, and so I worked in tech Right. So I'm working at like, you know, startups and tech offices, but I didn't want to look like a typical tech bro. Mm-hmm. I was like, all right, how do I uh, do the opposite? So uh, I got really into wearing like outdoor apparel, but like ridiculous. Like I'd wear like the fishing zip off pants, like the Magellan <laughs> brand from Academy. Uh, and I'd just wear like hiking shoes. And uh, and the, even to the point where I had like a running joke where because uh, they were cargo short or cargo pants. Right. And so. Um, and it was Texas, so it's hot most of the right. time, most of the year. So I would, I would keep them in shorts mode, and I would keep the pant legs in the cargo pants. Mm-hmm. And then if the office was too cold, I would 
put the rest of the pant legs on, but I'd be like, Oh, hang on. I'm going to put on the rest of my pants. Uh, but then <laughs> if, it, if it, but if it, if it was too hot, right. And I wanted to cool down, then I'd be like, Oh, I'm going to take off some of my pants. Like one time, one time I went through TSA while they were in shorts mode with the pant legs in the cargo pockets and, uh, the TSA like passed me down, like, sir, what's in your pocket? And I like the, the rest of my pants. <laughs> They, uh, they did not find it funny. They did not appreciate the joke. Um, but I used to wear those to league. And I think at one point, cause, uh, some of those urban Austin, like leagues, uh, especially evil D shout out to evil D, uh, uh Daniel. So I don't even know how to pronounce his last name. No one for years. I think it's Solis. Um, but you try and get me drunk. He's like, Oh, we're playing today. So he's like, I brought you some triple IPA. He's like, okay. Uh, but I think at one point it's like in like playoff semifinals and somebody's like, all right, the winner gets the pant legs. Oh, <laughs> that's great yeah it, it was it was absurd so anybody uh anybody that was in urban austin 2018 2019 got to see uh my version of keeping austin weird which is just unironically wearing zip off pants <laughs> like a stepdad i can't tell you how many times people sent me the meme of like oh i know the seasons are changing because my stepdad's putting his zip off pants from shorts into pant mode and like so that's uh yeah that's me i send it to me I, it makes me laugh every time <laughs> so uh, that's my that's my dumb axe throwing wardrobe story so cool man um let's uh let's get into some of your like competition history right yeah. um so uh so i guess like your, your first kind of like i guess like maybe like espn close call was that what 2021 us open the duels um uh, so close call yeah um Close call was definitely that probably that 2021 U.S. Open after the you know the the 2020 Worlds um, of making it there, but uh, we after doing abysmal in hatchet, I went 0 2 on that one because I went down the rabbit hole of oh I need to change my throw for the new bulls didn't work. Oh, also I definitely lost. Ronnie Patterson whooped my ass like okay. he that and he's still going strong. Um. But uh, it was me and Ron Crumpler throwing duels and um, when we went back to Atlanta. And uh, before that, I was uh, suffering the ways of um, going 0-2. And I'd end up having fun out there with uh, – it was me, John Bradley, um, Paul Ronan, um, uh, Jason Yelm. And we all went to like the bar and we hung out over there, like where the big crawl, where everybody did crawfish over in that parking lot. And, uh, we're all the, out there jamming, listening to music, drinking, hanging out. And, uh, we're like, Oh shit, hang on. Duels is still up. I still gotta go. I gotta be, <laughs> I still gotta be somewhat like coherent coming into this. So it was, it was definitely a weird change of pace. Cause for, for duels, for Rod and I, when we were throwing, um, he was more the buzzed one. If we know Ron, uh, he was more the buzzed one on that one, and I was uh, the, the sober one. And because you know, Ron, Ron's definitely a party guy. He he definitely loves you know the atmosphere of it. Um, but it was so much fun. It it was it was funny to see like the the roles reversed, and I was the buzz, and he was sober because he was still he was finishing hatchet coming in, and um, <laughs> going through that one, and we ended up getting tenth. Uh, so we ended up getting tenth at the U.S. Open, um, losing to. Uh, Shane and John Depke at that point in time, and uh, somebody else. There was some. Uh, I it was way too long, and I've uh, drank and had a concussion since then. So I, you know, memories. But 
I, yeah, I, I understand. I didn't think concussions were as big of a deal when uh, when I was younger, uh, and now I can't remember phone numbers. Yeah. Obviously, my I have a phone that does it for me. Also, there's a little bit of technology at play, but uh, like if somebody's, I used to be able, like as soon as you start telling me a phone number, I can remember it. And now I'm like, if you say the first the area code, and then you just jump right into the next room, like whoa, slow down. I got to go by segment three by three by four. Let's go. Yeah. Uh, So that's, that's 21 or 2021 U S open as duels. Uh, And then, um, so, uh, so that was, that was actually, so also within a 2022 WATC, you also had another kind of close call at ESPN. Um, Yeah. Uh, Yeah. So me and Mike were throwing duels there. We got, I think we were two, maybe three games away from probably getting TV on duels. And then I was, I think three, maybe four away from um, Hatchet, just based on like the spread. But um, it was cool. I think we we tied. I got like tied for thirteenth. I think in in both categories, which was which was fun. And that was only like the second time Mike and I have ever thrown in like a major tournament. So that I felt like that was that was pretty cool. That was a good accomplishment. Cool. And then. Uh... Obviously, I think like your uh, your most kind of well known or like uh, you know highest places. Uh, you got third at WATC in Hatch. Yeah, and that was that was twenty twenty. That was a fun. That was that was an interesting day, especially going from like yeah. the 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 older like three inch bulls to the the one and a half on that Sunday. So, and I I know like some other people have talked about this before, but uh, for the people that don't know what you're talking about, I guess like kind of explain it in your own words or like you know what what you were kind of practicing for leading up to Worlds. Mm-hmm. What you did on Saturday, and then what happened between Saturday and Sunday? Um, so kind of laying down like the, the the baseline of this. So obviously we knew they were going to shrink the bull, kind of like we we know now. There's like a rule game plays is in change, um, which that's a, a whole nother ordeal. Uh, which I mean, never mind. We're not getting into that. But uh, <laughs> we and we we can talk about it, right like you know like uh, we, we can get to that later because like I am interested to like hear pers- people's perspective sure. like I you know uh, my my only request is that like uh, you know uh, if you're gonna critique it yeah, just try and be oh, constructive and not don't of yeah so, and not not that I was worried that you wouldn't it's just no. more like <laughs> I don't want I don't want the podcast to just be people just like taking dumps oh, yeah. you praise in public you teach in private I'm I'm fully aware <laughs> that's that's that's, okay. that's a that's a that's a corporate like mentality it. on that one. But um, where we were at, we so we, we kind of knew originally they were going to be changing the target. We just didn't know when. Um, but uh, so some people have already practiced on like the small bowl prior, not me, um, you know, between working and, you know, just going to practice at Hurling and when it was in Pearland. Um the, it was just practicing when I could, as far as like on like the older, when I say older bulls, I, it's like the medium sized bullseye, because they went from even larger to. So I've sat through like three different target changes. This is upcoming, going to be my fourth one now. Um, but uh, yeah, so we had the three inch bullseye, and or the you had to actually have red. You know, same thing now, red on both sides of the axes, but you same thing with the three inch. And then um, that's what we played on all day Saturday was was that bullseye. So you had a lot of give and take, a lot of leeway. Um, and there was a there was a huge amount of close games. I mean, I'm I'm pretty sure I went to I went to rubber match in all of them except for I think one match, and it was just the very unfortunate one because Ryan 
Chosen got his axe stolen that year, and it was uh, it was just that one because it wasn't an axe that he was used to. Um, but that was it, it was it was a phenomenal day at um on Saturday. yeah on Saturday. Uh, everything just felt right. Um, and then Sunday, you know, coming in, we we do all the, like the meet and greet and kind of do all like the promos, and they're talking to us, and they're like, "All right, cool, yeah, we're doing the one and a half inch bullseye today." And everybody was like, well, all right, that's going to be interesting. And then they originally thought it was going to be like, um, so we all thought it was going to be like a duels, um, like duels was going to have the old target still. And then right before broadcast, they leaned in and it's like, Hey, we're not doing target changings. Uh, y'all are going to be still on the small bulls. So that was, uh, Lucas and all of them had to play on the small bulls as well on duels. And that was just really, it was one of those, um, Oh, so everybody's doing this now. All right, cool. Yeah, and uh, I like. I, I do. You feel like that was um, like? Do you feel like you? Because you said you didn't practice on the small mm-hmm. bulls leading up to that, right? She's like, well, we're not using that at Worlds, so I'm not going to practice on. Them. Like, I'll deal with that after Worlds. Um, so I guess like, did you did it throw you off, or do you feel like you're like yeah, you're like I, I'm pretty good at hitting the center anyway not worried about it oh no um i i definitely should have practiced the small bulls i definitely should have um i i threw way too many fours and uh the new fives at that point in time um which were sixes on you know saturday um for those fives but um i mean it it was fine uh i think we adapted well to it uh we got we got ample amount of time to practice which is you know, the weird thing now saying what we had preparation wise um, for the 2020, you know, show, especially having the A and B kind of going through um, to what they had at last year's worlds and 21 worlds where it was, they it to me, it just seemed like they didn't, there wasn't a lot more practice time. Um, then again, I don't know. I didn't make it. I could be wrong. Um, it just didn't seem like there was more practice time or there was a uh, like ample opportunity. So like jumping into like the singles and only doing the two match. All right, cool. Whoever lost, you're done. Sorry. Uh, it, it, it's weird to see it that way. I, I, I feel like the, I like the, the comeback story. So if you're like a, and you're going to go down to B, let's bring it back. Like have that, have that comeback. Um, oh, talking about like on, on Sunday, like in, have Sunday still be double yeah. elimination. But I mean, I get it for time restraints, and you know, you have duels, you have big axe, you have hatchet, you have knives. You're trying to cramp everything in. Like I, I get it, I I understand it, um, but it just it needs to be more. I think there there needs to be more of that that aspect of oh that person can come back and do it. They're like the little Cinderella story aspect, which is um, I, I I think it's the way that we're we're going. It's just. Well, it's one of those wait and see moments, you know, we're, we're at that, like, uh, which direction we're going to go, especially says, you know, we have, you know, Tyler Flynn in there now, um, helping out and, you know, the creative mind and what he's throwing in. Um, it, it'll be, it'll be interesting to see like the, the changes coming. 
Yeah. I, uh, so one, one of the things I wanted to ask you about, because uh, I, I, I do want to talk about the 2024 rules mm-hmm. proposal, uh, but I think before we get to that, I want to finish talking about WATC 2020. Sure. Um, so WATC 2020 was your kind of first chance at ESPN, right? And mm-hmm. so so on Saturday, uh, like what was your brain doing? Like kind of as you're kind of progressing, because did you, did you go into Sunday in A bracket or did you get there from B? All right, I, I, or it was a different battle. Um, so I was a bracket. I went. I went all through. Okay. I didn't. I didn't lose any. Um, it, it kind of. It, it was pretty funny leading into it because that was my first ever Worlds that I've ever been to. Was 2020. Um, well, where I actually competed into it because you know I started winter of 19, and that was when um, I take that back. I started. Yeah, winter. Ben Edgington, it was right before Ben Edgington got, uh, when he won Worlds. So it was the end of 18. Yeah, because he was 18, Sam was 19. Yeah, there we go. Um, so that, that's when I started. So watching all that portion leading up to it, um, <laughs> my brain went off like on a tangent and I was trying to think where I was at. Um, but yeah, that was, that was my, that was my first, uh, major, um, like actually going to, like worlds and competing into that. Um, and, and Saturday, like brain wise, it was more of it, that it wasn't active. Like my brain wasn't thinking of anything going into that. Like, um, and that's on Saturday. On Saturday. I, it, like, it didn't matter who was come, who I was playing against. I hate looking at brackets. I just check to see if I'm in it to make sure like it didn't. Cause it, you know, it names get lost. It happens. Um, it's technology. But um, that was it, I, there was one match. There was two ma- two matches Saturday that I got excited for, and um, one was one was Brandon Shell because we I it was actually our tiebreaker match, and that was okay. from uh, when we did uh, Quaddle, like the Team Texas and everything. Uh, it was us versus Colorado, and um, we were one and one, kind of going in that one. And then Quaddle, you know, and um, not doing like the actual Quaddle, but the, like the team-based portions uh, that transitioned to the other style. And then, you know, venue started opening up, especially back here in Texas. We, you know, got clearance way sooner than everybody else. Um, so we got we got back in. We were able to, you know, practice and stuff inside. Um, and so I didn't really take um, – I didn't. I, w- I wasn't involved in like quaddle much anymore at that point in time because I was able to go back in house and throw. Uh, but that was so. That was our tiebreaker match, you know, kind of going in there, and that went all the way to. Um, that was the rubber match as well. Phenomenal match. It was a, what a way to start it, and um, and then the my last. So that was my first match going in. That was opening match was Brandon Shell. Opening match Brandon yeah. Shell. So that was the only match that I knew. I was like, cool. All right, cool. I'm excited for it. And that's the only match I've ever looked at bracket-wise. Um, and then the whole rest of the day, you know, props to Sarah for keeping me distracted and, like, not paying attention to bracket or keeping um, – by Sarah, I mean my wife um, – <laughs> keeping me – like not entertaining other people around and pull me off to the side and, you know, let me like just walk around and do my own thing. Um, 
And then it ended up coming down to me versus John Bradley. And that's the last, like that, that was my last game. It was that one to make it to TV. And, uh, I think that was the only match I got like super, super pumped for it. And then I got told not like, as soon as I heard that, I was like, uh, here's E for explicit. Uh, I was like, fuck yeah. <laughs> um, like I was pumped going to that one and it was a phenomenal match. Like I love John. John's, John's probably one of my really good buddies. You know, we'll shoot the shit on occasion. He, he also has podcasts. Yep. Uh, so it's the, it's got the Philly taco yep. on Philly the taco the as a uh, make, uh, Damn it, John! Don't yell at me. It's makers and because it was him, throws makers. makers. There you go. Because it was him and uh, Eric, uh, famous. Um, but yeah, so that was that was like one of the that was the my end cap the Saturday was facing against John Bradley, which was obviously a fun one because you know it, it's JB it, it, his caliber of throwing, especially when he started to now and um, even who he is. Um, it, it's funny, especially like to poke fun at him, and what we we shoot shots back and forth at each other all the time. But it, it, it's it, it's it's a good time. It, it was a great match. We came down to the very last throw again at a kill shot. So that was kind of my saving grace that day was kill shots. So that's Saturday. Saturday. So you're like, so Saturday, you're like, I did it. I'm go. I'm gonna be on ESPN. Going to bed Saturday. I'm gonna be on mm-hmm. ESPN. Um, are you, uh, are you able to like sleep the night before a big tournament or is your brain go and then you just can't sleep? Um, at tournaments and regardless of caliber, my sleep, my sleep is awful. Um, mainly cause I'm thinking about everything at this point in time. Um, if I have this portion, what am I doing? I, I, I get way too in depth and way I care way too much as far as that portion. That's, you know, the competitive aspect of, Anybody will tell you at that point in time, you know, that's what you're thinking about. You, you're like putting the scenarios in your head. But um, the the morning of, I think I was up at, I was up at five, um, four hours, you four normal? hours more than earlier than I needed to be. But are you normally a 5 a.m. No. person or is that your brain's just like, hey, we got to do a thing today? Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's like, hey, it's a big day today. You're waking up. You're getting ready now. Um I'm definitely not a 5 a.m. person. I'm uh, now since owning the business and working like more towards the evening, and it's I've, I I may be lucky if I get it 10 o'clock. If I get 10 o'clock, I'm good. But um, but other than that, uh, sleeping wise, I'm it's it's never been like a, a super long late sleep in. But Sunday morning, waking up at five, and I kind of went and sat on the front porch when we were sitting in um, Atlanta there, and just hanging out, listening to like all the, just the surroundings. Just kind of sat there and just being like being mindful. Yeah. And everybody I've seen was asleep, and they're all everybody's still kind of getting ready because um, the Airbnb we're in, uh, I didn't want to wake everybody up as well. But uh, then it got about like an hour out of when we needed to check in and I could hear everybody start waking up. Cause they all obviously were all car pulling up there and coming up. Um, that's when it kind of like started setting in. Oh shit. Like it, it's, it's, it's about to get real. Like we, it, you, you really got to focus now. Um, and that's where shower beers come into play. Like, you know, you gotta, you gotta, <laughs> you gotta get a little, a little loose coming in. You take that shower beer, hang out. 
those little breakfast tacos and call it a day. But um, I wonder if if shower beers is a thing in like any other sports. Because I feel like that might be a kind of a unique tax. Oh, definitely. Purple haze, a purple haze with like a nice warm shower is phenomenal. And I do. Yeah. Okay. Where, where's that? Where's purple haze? At? Um, it's uh, a, so you can get it a lot here in Texas. Like, uh, just uh, like, it's like one of these local breweries here in, in Texas. Um, say like, sounds familiar, but I can't place it off the top of my head. Meh, doesn't matter. But, um, yeah, that was kind of going into that. And then, we rolled in and it was only fitting rolling through Atlanta playing uh, Chopped and Screwed from Houston uh, okay. because, you know, the scene of music was fun and, and it kind of it got me pumped because that's that whole like football uh, mentality going in game day. You you want that pump up music. And that was it. Like walking into it on then was. It definitely felt different and props to Shane pulling me off to the side and like talking to me on that one. Um, uh, Shane Shep was huge as far as some like words of um, encouragement going in that one because obviously first TV experience you know throwing uh, going to be nervous obviously going into it um, if anybody tells you your first match was against and your first match was against Ryan um, yeah like did you know did you like? Did you look at that bracket you're like okay to, so they they told us who we were playing uh, you know um night before you know it was me and ryan and um and then um comp and sam right i think yeah i think it was comp and sam and then because yeah but it's like all right cool like i know ryan i like i haven't actually had full conversations with ryan i know who he is i know how he is as a thrower because i was like we were at 2019 us open where's that ironside i saw him throw there um and then knowing Ryan through like Quaddle, um, and um, just kind of Ryan's always been that like really good thrower, and that was something like he said in um, when he was on Shane and Jay Bryant's you know podcast after Worlds, he's always been there, and he's he's always been like right into that B bracket, and that was like his his weird feeling um, after that match was that he thought he was already done because he was used to coming in it from B and not from A. Which <laughs> way to turn up the heat? I mean, go from that match that we had that was super close to just. Um, granted, I threw like complete ass in the second one, but um, he he what two sixty fours that day on brand new bullseye. So, because uh, I started rewatching the twenty twenty broadcast before this to prepare, mm-hmm. and I didn't get through the whole thing. So, I, um, so it's like you had. Uh, Ryan Smith was your first match on mm-hmm. Sunday of uh, of that world's, and then uh, you had to play Comp. Comp sent you to B, yeah. right? And then that's when uh, Smith sixty four. Yeah, uh, Ryan definitely gave he he got his payback on that one. Uh, I so one of the things I, I noticed during the your first match that day with Ryan was um because like you uh like you had to like it took it took your kills like I think at mm-hmm. one point like I think you were down down by a bunch and I think you hit a kill to cut it to mm-hmm. three and then uh, I think like you cut it to two and then hit one uh, but one of the things I noticed and I wonder if it was a rules thing did you have to switch kills back then because I think you hit both right side kills um, so they didn't so there wasn't a, um, a stipulation for having to switch at that point in time it was just the shrink the shrinking of the bulls 
Um, and then that's the following, like the, the next going into it uh, season, I, that's when they implemented the changing of kills. Um, oh, okay, so that's so 2021 is when you had to start switching. Yeah, they went they went to just the bullseye at that point in time. They didn't want to do like a whole drastic reset as far as rules go. But um, okay, so they just rank it to make the bullseyes a little tougher, and then the uh, kills you could still go for whatever side. Okay, got it. Uh, yeah, I was, I was watching that. I'm just like, wait, did did he hit the same one on both sides? I just talked to Tony about this for a while. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, okay. That, that's awesome. Um, so what, like, what was, what was your brain doing while you were on ESPN? Like, or like after, like after that match, the first match was Smith and then going into your match with Kump, you're like, that's happening. We're doing this. Um, so finishing that match with Ryan, obviously, uh, was kind of brain dead at that point in time. Um, like you said, it took kills, um, was down, was down, two points, you know, going in and then he ended up hitting, um, the five and him getting, so it was seven points total me hitting went in by one. And that was kind of like the, um, the planning of the seed of, Hey, if you're, if it's like a two point deficit, you got to go up coming in with these new ones. Mm-hmm. Um, but Kind of, kind of going through thinking like what my mind was doing in that game. Because obviously after that first, that that last throw, like everything bottled up, all the compression was obviously it came out. You know the Tiger Woods like fist pump. You know that was. But um, <laughs> going in, going in playing Kump, um, especially like watching watching Kump. Shout out to him um, was. You know, when I started throwing, especially like when it became me throwing IATF, uh, that was somebody's throw that I mimicked. Obviously, you want to mimic someone who's at the top. It was it was Comp. Um, and, you know, probably when he was winning one of the most, like the most, you wanted to. I you know got the same kind of axe, Super Scout, um, the, the little praying mantis hands sitting out front, all the same thing. Um, just half the height, but, um, (laughs) but that, that was, you know, and going into it and playing him there and come being come, I'm I'm glad he made it fun because I don't know, he probably could tell that, you know, I was, you know, a little bit nervous, nervous were kind of going because cool, I won that first one. And then I had the, what sounded like a NASCAR interview, um, interview at the end of the day. It's like the car drove real fast. I did really good. Um, (laughs) Man, it was <laughs> trying to had, had 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 you ever played comp before then? Or no, that that's time? like the first like of uh, the official time I ever played comp was that right there. Um, like me watching him play, like the the closest I've ever been to like me playing him was uh, 2019 uh, U.S. Open where he was playing Ella next to me playing um, Joshua Linden's boy. Um, he, I don't know. He's like super big and he's like a super big hockey player now as like, I think he's still under 18, but he's like really good at hockey. Um, so him and I were playing, um, we were playing that land. And of course the Ella comp match was next to us. So that was like the closest of me playing him. Um, cause obviously, you know, that's where, that's where you want to go. You want to go down. You want to, you want to, you want to play the people who are, who are winning. 
because you want to test yourself. Now, that, now that's like the like the infamous comp match, yep. right? Where like so, so was that a distraction for you throwing next to you know like comp versus Ella? Because I imagine like all eyes are on this. Like this is prime entertainment. This is like a, you know a great story. And like oh, and also over here uh, we have just some normal. Action. Yeah, so it was just a normal game between us. Like it, it was it was a good game. Um, uh, ended up taking that one, but the, the whole game, like even me and the kid I was throwing against, we were watching that match. Even in our game, we were watching that match. And it was funny just to hear like the cheers and the boos in between the two. But um <laughs> but yeah, playing that like kind of going back, playing comp. That's like one of the that was the the match I wanted because obviously it was somebody who you know I modeled my throw after. Um so it was it was kind of that like star moment at that point in time. And I was just at I, <laughs> for me it was it was just fun. At, you know, I had I had that I had that cool moment with Ryan. You know, winning that match. Um, wouldn't say it was more of a like a, a give up. I don't care kind of moment. It was more of a this, all right, cool. This happened. This is really cool ordeal. Um, and I, I knew Ryan was coming back because there was no way. There's there's no way Ryan's going out on that note. I definitely based on how he was throwing. There's no way. And then comp, and where my my issue where 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 I messed up playing comp was um, I stayed down, and those were those were my mistakes. I that was like my mental ordeal because uh, I was more like just having fun in the moment, playing a game, and that was that was it. I got to the lights. I had I got to play against somebody I modeled my throw after. It was a for, for me that I was I was cool. I was content. And that was when you can only go up on five and right. ten, right? So it's kind of like, you know, it's not like, okay, like, uh, yeah, well, I can wait and see. All right, it's nine. Maybe I can close the gaps. Like, yeah. now it's like, it's now or never on five. Yeah. And that was, like, my mindset, my mindset going on, on that game was uh, was watching comp against um, Sam. I was watching those throws. I was like, all right, cool. Um, I could have a chance maybe if I, like, bull with him. And we can we can sit there and, and you know, we'll, we'll have it. It'll be a close game. It'll be a good game. Instead of just trying to go for the win, I went for like more tying, which obviously not taking anything away. I you know I, I threw horrible. I threw I threw bad in that one. I I threw even worse in the Ryan match. But <laughs> do you do you watch your opponent's throw? Do you look at their board or do you just like tune it out? Um, now I you I so I used to look. Um, I I used to look and it made it it made it made a complete change when I, when I stopped looking because obviously you're adding more pressure when you, when you know what they threw. Um, I think it started to change for me. Like during, it was during that Ryan match. Cause I didn't see what he threw. Uh, those last like three throws. I didn't see, I'm just counting in my head as far as like, what's, what's all, what's all going on. And the cup match he threw ahead of me and I was definitely watching. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, it sounds like you're like, you're like, Oh, I'm throwing. I was. I've just been yeah. watching. Because <laughs> that's the closest you you get to you know watching someone's throw is you're playing against them. You're like, all right, cool, yeah, let's watch this. And it's like you can get the real mechanics right up and close, and get me, yeah. get your get your ass beat by those mechanics right there. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, I don't watch anymore. Um, it, it doesn't matter, and that's like the the mindset coming in. You can throw if you're throwing a perfect game. 
I'd throw a perfect game. That's pretty much where we're at now. Like if you're if you're getting to the end, you know, Teach showed that, you know, you got a sixty four if you wanted it. You know, you're you're going through you're 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 doing the thing. Um like the caliber of people to throw against now is insane from back where it back where it was. Going going back to that that 2020, that's right. So that's, we already established that's when they shrunk the mm-hmm. bowls, right? So when they introduced the five ring, mm-hmm. right? So because it was like, you know, one, two, three, four, six to one, two, three, four, mm-hmm. five, six. Um, and I remember at the beginning of the broadcast, they were saying something like, uh, you know, um, basically, oh, like it's going to be a while before somebody throws a 64 on these new bowls. <laughs> and did, how, do you know how many people, like, because obviously Smith did it. Did anybody else throw a 64 not uh, that, that day or was it not just that day? Smith? It was just Ryan. So, so did, were you the first person to get sixty four on the new target? Um, I, I think it was me. I, I, I want to say I think it was me, and then I definitely think it was. I think he threw one against Comp as well, or they were. I think they were both. They're either both against me, or it was one and one. But I know he at least threw two that day. But. It was. I mean, what do you do? You, I mean, it, it's speaking into existence at that point in time. So, so yeah, I think I think you might might have been the first person to get sixty four on the inch and a yeah. half bull and kill. And I was like, like Garrett was trying to do a, one of these community questions. He was going to do one of the community questions, and he was gonna be like, "How does it feel having everybody's like first sixty four thrown against you?" Because <laughs> he finally got his, and that was like, "Well, all right, here we are." <laughs> yeah, I. Uh, so I. Uh, I never met Garrett until Clash mm-hmm. at the Cut, uh, and then he was my first match. I think I, I had a I, I just think got like lucky and like a randomly drew a buy. I don't like buys. I don't like I paid to throw yeah, access. I, I hate like, having a buy. Like, yeah, because then also you're like, well, you know, it's because then you're like, oh, they're coming off of a win to get here. I'm like, I've been just like, is it my turn yet? Is it, like when am I ever going right. to throw? Uh, but it's a, yeah, you know, Garrett, uh, I, I mentioned this on the the George episode, so this will be a repeat. But uh, yeah, yeah, uh, Garrett, uh, Garrett beat my ass. Uh, he didn't even have to go kills on nine. Uh, but I like, um, I at the beginning of our match, uh, I was like, because uh, he came up and introduced himself uh, like earlier in the day or earlier in the weekend. I don't remember exactly. And he's like, hey man, I'd love to get on the podcast one time. Like, all right, yeah, let me get through the backlog, which I'm doing right mm-hmm. now. You're we were in the backlog and you're <laughs> emerging from the backlog as we speak. Uh, and so like right after we uh, tapped axes, because I, I I am very much a class clown. Like I like to have fun right. when I throw. And, and only only if the other person's into it. If somebody's like, no, this is serious. It's all business. Like, all right, I respect right. that. Like I, but uh, but if you wanna if you wanna goof around and be a class clown with me, like uh, that's oh, that's for cool. sure. You know, uh, like uh, maybe for better or worse, I'd almost rather remember a loss than like not remember a win. Yep. Uh, that's not entirely true, but like now I'm gonna think about it. Um. Uh, but anyway, very first match with Garrett's like, all right, cool. Uh, okay, practice over, tap axes, throw one. Like, all right, Garrett, so how'd you get started axe throwing? We're doing the interview now. <laughs> uh, but then it just turned into us just come, just quoting the movie Hook the whole time. Um, okay. Uh, speaking of Garrett, and you mentioned this before, uh, so uh, y'all, you know, co-owned mm-hmm. venue, Hurling Hatchet Stafford. Did, did y'all build that venue from scratch or just kind of like take it over from – uh, was it Barton? Like oh, that's a, that's no, that was a, that's a completely ordeal. Right. That's a, that's, that's brand new coming up. Yeah. Oh, that, okay. I, uh, yeah, I guess I, I don't, I don't know the history. So I guess, tell me the history of uh, you owning. Um, so I'm, um, you know, we're working with Barton. Um, 
so I, I didn't work there when, when I was throwing for hurling. I was just like a like a league member kind of going. So but like when they first opened, I was trying to find, you know, a venue that's a little closer because I was done going to Bel Air so much, you know, driving, driving that far. Um, which How far were you driving? Well, like- so I say far, but like in Houston, like a 30 minute drive is pretty far because that only that does that barely gets you into Houston. Um, but assuming decent. Yeah. With, that's with traffic. You're trying to like go into town, like into downtown. It's, it's not fun. But, um, so I was doing like 30 ish minutes a day driving as far as like going to this, which in retrospect doesn't sound like far, but yeah. Um, but after doing, you know, like 12 hour days at work and then turn around and going to league, I was, it, it, it got tiring. I wanted something, you know, a little closer and hurling when it was here in Pearland was 12 minutes away. So I'm cutting my drive in half and it was in between my work and my house. So I could pass it on the way and practice. It worked out so much easier. Um, and the layout for it was definitely more of a, a relaxed feel, uh, like going into hurling. Um, I just, I felt more comfortable. Like it was kind of like one of those hangout. Um, you're just chilling with, you know, your boys ordeals. Um, and that, that, that's kind of like where it started. Barton and I, you know, similar business mindsets, you know, kind of going into things. Um, we, we, we definitely wanted, we, we, we attempted to do it before COVID started, but I'm, you know, obviously glad we didn't because, you know, COVID, that would have been a really rough time to go through with it. Um, and I'm glad we waited off because, you know, having the, the venue that we're at now, it's, you know, it used to be a dance studio. So there's all these like cool little rooms that we can do for like corporate events. Um, you know, people hang out having their own like intimate time throwing. Um, and it's, it's one of those, it, it was, there was, it wasn't a venue. So it was a, it was a dance studio. We, we got it, you know, outright. We, we went through that way and it was, it's just us on that portion. Um, and, it's it's turned out it turned out well um what's uh do you do you have any advice for an aspiring venue owner right because i have started the process of like i've been thinking about opening a venue for a while in okc like an it mm-hmm. venue because there's right here and i've like feel like i've like planted some of the seeds of like all right i've like actually went and looked at a couple spaces or like but like i don't know what i don't know and like I'd like to avoid learning some lessons the hard way if possible. Look for everything. I mean, like the, the biggest headache we had, you know, kind of going through was fire alarms. Um, you know, the building itself was open until, I mean, it was built in 18. So I was like, yeah, cool. It's got fire alarms. You know, no big deal. It'll have all that. I walk in there and I go and look and you know, after I've already signed everything, I started, and I was like, damn it, there's no fire alarms in this thing. Obviously, you didn't need it because, like, in the city that we were at, it was, you know, they didn't have, a, uh, an like, an occupancy limit because it was kind of like private study because it was a dance studio. So they didn't need one. Um, so you just – that was my mess up. I just, I, you know, I overlooked that. Um, and But it, it, at the end of the day, it got fixed. We got – we had friends that were, you know, in – that's what they did as far as, you know, the fire alarms and uh, – went through and we got, we got the hookup on that to go ahead and get it knocked out. But that was, that was probably like our biggest, one of, one of our biggest setbacks, you know, starting it. But other than that, it went super smooth. Um, it's really just finding a spot that 
you can make, you know, your own that's going to benefit, you know, the people coming in. You want that quality. Yeah, yeah, you obviously want more people coming in and out, but you want people to have a great time. So, yeah, the uh, the like, cause again, like I, I didn't get to qualify for IATC twenty twenty three because I didn't have enough leagues last year, um, and that made me sad. Like I'm real, like I'm got like you know, definitely feeling like uh, real like jealous. Yep. So just like, oh, I threw this. I, like, I didn't even I didn't even get to throw. <laughs> that, yeah, um, I, I know the feeling on that one. I doing doing the video, man. I've been so away from IATF. Matt gives me so much shit on it. But I've been so far away from IATF, and it's just it hasn't been a it hasn't been a thought as of right now. Mm-hmm. But I mean, there's they've got a we've got a premier marathon coming up at Battle that I'll be at, so that'll be a that'll be a fun one. Jump back into a premier one. When what's uh, that one? Thirtieth of this month, so coming up here soon. Damn it, can't swing it. Um, also, uh, I also have to be careful. I'm like, uh, it's like I've. I hate having to like pick my shots on like which stuff I want to be able to go to. Like I'm very jealous of the people that like, Oh, like, like, uh, like, like Jave. It's like, uh, you know, Oh, I drove a couple States away for, you know, and I know, I know like, you know, uh, it's obviously, it's like when you just see like that, but like when you don't have to see like the credit card bill or like, you're like, Oh yeah. Uh, so cause it's definitely an expensive sport in terms of travel. Yes. That's one thing like my wife will like share with people coming in. Like if, if they're really invested and they're like, Oh yeah, how is it? And she's like, hey, it's the most expensive hobby I've ever gotten in. <laughs> it's like, here we are. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's funny. Even like, I'll try and explain it to like, Oh, you know, like, like oh there's there's professional actors I'm like yeah and it's like oh cool and, and it's like oh the you know the prize for this you know for the world championship the the collective prize is 50k yep. or whatever the number is and they're like oh wow you it's like hang on like I don't think I've I think I don't know anybody that's like uh it's almost like it's like if you're getting an axe throwing for the money it's like, not that it's not yeah, there yet it, it's definitely <laughs> I, not there first, yet. Now, obviously, the people that are like it's it's getting bigger, and you know, uh, whenever it does get there, the people that are like are already like, oh, cool, right? You know? um, well, I mean, but, that was like the spread, like uh, for that twenty twenty worlds, like Ryan got what twenty five k, yeah, twenty five k for first, and then Comp got six, and then I got three for third. I was like, that like that's a spread, and then now you're you know you're paying all the way out to like what sixteenth or so. Well, then then take that and compare that to like other sports yeah. right we're like compare that to like a practice squad nfl oh, player yeah. or it's like like oh the best axe throw in the world that year won 25 grand mm-hmm. right the third the third best three okay cool and you and like and you had to pay out of pocket to like know, yeah to, you know to go for the hotel like all, all of that stuff so it's like even when everything's said and done like you know it's not <laughs> you're like oh i won i walked away with some cash and oh, no, i broke even after everything's yep. said and done whereas like practice squad player like oh this is uh it's actually like a yeah, career. making like six figures just hanging out. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, so I guess yeah, it's it's one of those things where like I the venue that I want to start because I'm looking at like spaces like oh that's because it seems like a gamble like how big you know how like how big is uh, is Stafford like um, so uh, we're four thousand square feet so four thousand okay. square feet we have um, fourteen so we have seven lanes so we have fourteen targets yeah. okay cool. Gotcha. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, I'm 
really hoping I, it's like, you know, do I go bigger and hope that I can have enough business to like, you know, yeah. pay it, or do I go smaller and then risk, you know, like hitting the, the you know, hitting my ceiling on capacity, right. you know? Uh, so I suppose if you go smaller then like, Oh, like I'm always booked. There's worse problems to have. Yeah. There's much worse problems to have than to be always booked. Definitely. Cool. Um, do you, uh, do you remember any of like your kind of milestones, like, you know, first 81, 64, 32, anything, any of those? Um, jump in that one second. Give me one second. Be right back. All right. You're good. Sorry, Bill. All right. Oh. No I apologize about that. Uh, restroom and needed beverage. Huh? I um, that's, that's important. My, stuff. All right. Milestone okay. 81, so, uh, yes. 64. Okay. Yeah. So it's uh. Tell, tell me about some of, like your your first kind of milestone. Um. So first milestone going in would probably be the my eighty one. That was probably my first perfect game. What and that was at uh, Battle Houston, uh, where Nick Roth, you know, um, is manager over there. Uh, <laughs> that was leading up to the twenty twenty IATC. Um. Got that one, you know, still a new-ish thrower. I was only throwing probably ITF for going on four or five months at that point in time. Um, okay. Also, uh, I have to apologize. I'm pretty sure I have mixed up your name and Nick Roth's name because you're both Nick R two letters. So that, that's happened a few times, and uh, that's kind of like our ongoing joke with uh, Roth, me, his wife, and uh, Becca, and me. Um, like when we all four first met, uh, Becca tagged, accidentally tagged me on one of their posts. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and Sarah was like, wait, who is this? Like, what? And I was like, oh, yeah. Because that, that's what it pops up. So, like, his name will pop up for Sarah and my name pops up for hers. It's the fun, it's, it's, it's entertaining between the, the four of us on that one. Um, Cause it's only a two letter difference in our last name, Roth and rich it just move the two middles. Right. And, yeah. And it's the middle yeah. ones. It's like the least important. Exactly. <laughs> um, but throwing, throwing that 81 was like the, the first one kind of going in. And um, that was, it was cool. To, it was cool to, to get that off my back. Cause you know, it was a new style for me, you know, going in learning because that was Dave Duncan. And at that point in time, Dave Duncan was the um, the person to throw 81s on. Uh, he, he was the 81 magnet receiver on that one. So I threw mine on him. I think he had eight first time 81s thrown on him in that league. Was it getting to the point where people are like, Oh man! And like you're playing David, like oh, yeah. Oh. It was like we're, you're playing Duncan. Cool. All right, here we go. I'm getting my 81, and then you know you get that one three. And here's a 79. Oh. Did um did you have a lot of missed 81s? Yes. Like did you have a lot of 74s and 79s before your yeah. first 81? I think like I don't I don't think I had any 74s before my 81. I think it was just like all right, we're going and like just. Like I just had a good day that day. Like, all right, did it. Like, uh, and I, I knew it too. And I think I celebrated too much against like a like a, a rookie league mm-hmm. person. And then I felt bad. But I was like, yes. Oh, I'm sorry. I just like did a thing I've been trying to do for like you know over a year. And so like it's not. I'm not trying to right. be a jerk. I apologize. Yeah, that was it. It was definitely cool. Like like when I, when I did it and I got the recording of it, it's like the really goofy. Uh, I I was used to throw, and like um, 
and like a bandana prior to F because my hair was at like an awkward length where I like I couldn't hold it up but without using you know like a ton of product in it and obviously don't want to do that but um uh so I would wear the bandana to kind of keep my hair out of the face and then when I threw it and just turned around like, when I, I was like oh like it was, I was trying to grab my head at the same time as like fist pump and then so I ended up just grabbing the bandana and throwing it off my head <laughs> just behind me <laughs> um but yeah it was it was cool I was throwing like at, at that point in time I was throwing a um uh, a national with like the the original Gabe profile on it, or it's like that very front portion just super thinned out, and it worked. It was still yellow pine at that point in time, and it was because it worked beautifully for that, just nailing it. Uh, that yeah, that was cool. It was a lot of it was a lot of good time on that one. Um, and then, uh, well, I, I think um, do you do you throw big axe right now? Like, if so, what big actually throwing for uh, the different displays? Oh yeah, I forgot I only answered like two of those. My bad. Um, <laughs> uh, for Big X, uh, I used to be a Soul Agdor. That's uh, that's all I had, and then this last that last season going into the last worlds, man, I missed out on a lot of points because of score value, like because of your scoring radius. Um, so I switched over to a Colossus, and um, I, that handle is also by George. He's he does all my handles. Um, that one is a, um, I'm still getting used to it cause it's a Colossus, it's a flat blade. So it's something that I'm still trying to get used to, but, um, it, I've drastically between what I was throwing the Agador and when I was throwing for this Colossus, it's, it's helped out so much. It's been <laughs> the, the safety net you have based on blade is 10 times. It, it, it's great. It makes it it's so much better to feel that big blade hit it than just like the Agdor and you're missing it by like a millimeters of it and it's like oh man. I can exactly relate. So I think I got one of the Agdor with the Yankee patterns. Mm-hmm. I think uh, so like one of the smaller Agdors and it's like just sticking toe instead of flat and that's like oh if I would have hit flat would have been a bullseye yep. hit toe exactly oh, damn it throwing like the true like um, four inch like covered you're throwing like bare minimum of an agdor for big x yeah uh veil was teasing me because i can still like i, I chop i think i took an inch off of my colossus because it's a pretty it's pretty light uh like it's almost it's like a just at like the floor of mm-hmm. weight and if i throw like slowly i'll still stick toe from like as close as i can get and veil's like how are you sticking toe on like a long handle colossus from like as, cl- as close i'm like i don't know man i don't know what i'm doing i'm garbage <laughs> Just, like, like i don't i'm not good at big x yeah. but then uh, i'm definitely a mediocre uh, big x or like I, I i can throw it jt axe will tell you no i'm not but there's like a <laughs> um but i like for big x I, I feel like i'm like a utility person for that one like i'm okay like i i can have a good game but other than that it's Nah. If you're playing me, you're you're usually beating me in Big X. Don't worry. Yeah, I, I what like with with Big X, like I'm still like surprised if I hit a bullseye. I was like, oh yeah. cool, that like that, like oh that's what I, that's what I was hoping for. But I wasn't, I was not confident that's what was going to yeah. happen. Or kills, kills is like the total roll of the yeah. dice. Whereas like hatchet, you're like, 
I expect to hit my kills and then beat myself up when I don't. Whereas Big X, like, we did it. Good job. Yeah, that was like the last season. I was on Big X uh, the, for like the the winter season that just happened. I made the decision to do 100% kills in in Big X. And I was like, let me yeah. just torture myself. That, that was. I didn't know that's not a normal yeah. thing until halfway through. Yeah, I, um, I was still impressed as far as like in end of score value. I was like, yeah, cool, I'll take that. You know, doing 100% kills. You know, it's not horrible. Um, it's definitely a step in the right direction with the new axe. So, you know, working out new kinks of here and there. Gotcha. And then, uh, what about for knives? What are you throwing for Ooh. knives? Um, knives. I am throwing the Sparrowhawks with, um, also have the George football grip on those as well. Uh, but I'm throwing, I'm definitely throwing the Sparrowhawks. Um, they're, they're interesting. It's like a, it's a nice little middleweight. Um, I tried the Highlanders. Um, man, like the double rotation with the Highlanders for me, it, it just, it doesn't work. Um, I, I can't get them. I, I, I can't figure it out. Knives is like an anomaly. Wow. That was a weird word. Um, but yeah, it's, it's one of those, they're, they're almost the, the Highlanders for me are like too heavy. It's like trying to throw Blackhawks when they were like a big thing. Uh, rip Kyle. Um, <laughs> uh, but those the Blackhawks is like a that's like a those are way too heavy for me when I try to throw them like I don't like for y'all who could throw them props because I I couldn't figure that out like I have I have a heavy hand but I could not figure those out um ultimately what I, would be really cool is like if they like took the new like the the, the old stingers and made them like new age where there wasn't like loose guards and they were like fixed guards and like thinned them down because i really like the way those throw which i'm gonna get um probably uh shunned on that one but no i'm kidding <laughs> but the, the singers are like one of those fun ones and i like they're just like super light and you can just dart throw them but the the sparrowhawks are nice i like from i i, I like the way they feel weight wise because they're i think there's 1.6 is like their weight on them and it's that nice little middle middle ground between the two, but I mean they feel they feel good. So I uh, because I haven't done a knife league, I've only done you know I think like uh like like Clash of the Cut was the only time I've ever mm-hmm. thrown knife. So I don't have knives. I recently ordered some just because like uh, I think what did I order some Muertos? I don't know. There's like what was available on store. And it was like uh, I got the graffiti ones because that's what was in stock. Um, not because I'm partial to graffiti, just because like uh, these are there. All right, sure. Um, but like I couldn't pick. You're like pick the sparrow hawks out of a lineup. I'm like I'm not. There yeah. <laughs> it's like I can't. Versus like axes. Like okay, I don't recognize axes. Knives. No, nah, I'm like uh, the guess uh, this one. I don't know. So. Yeah. Like I, I tried the the clover first. That was when I, like when I was playing against Matt. Um. I borrowed those from like Aaron and them at Texas Axe, and um, they were those were funny to throw just because you know it's the clovers and it's the ongoing joke with them. But um, the 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 sparrowhawks were definitely like the better suit for me. Just like I I like how they rotate. Um, I like the coverage that they give you Um, if you do hit it correctly. Because, you know, laying them, you still have, you still run the risk of that guard going in there just because of how it sits. But you, you can lay them correctly and you can still get a, 
a great scoring radius with those. Okay, cool. Sorry, I think uh, I, I interrupted you when you were talking about milestones. I think uh, when you are talking about your 81, you were talking about your throwing, and then that kind of – I got yeah. distracted. So, uh, so, uh, so you talked about your first 81. Uh, what about uh, your first 64? Uh, first 64 would have been um, – so like for – for new bulls would have been when we were in the office when we were like in between uh hurlings uh waddle was nice enough to let us do a um uh, four hurling to have sanctioned league in like a um a different location um barton and them got that all got the hook up and um honestly for like their main business they were able to you know provide that space for us where we could still throw so huge shout out to them to let us you know still continuing you know um, what we love doing. Um, and that, that was, that was definitely the first time I ever, I, I got that 64. It was right after getting a new ax. Um, the, the one I, I currently throw, well, the first version of it that didn't get stolen, but, um, oh, no. <laughs> uh, but that was, you know, that, that was, the, that was the first, the one on the, the new bull. I, I wanted to get that one off my back, especially with the change after worlds and everything with the new bull. I, I, I couldn't find that rhythm again. And so that was, that, that felt good. It put me back like, and it would, it put me back in the motion of where it felt right again. Um, and I got one on like the old bulls, but you know, the, they're the old bulls at that point in time. It's. But I mean, like it was still like a milestone, right? You know, like I'm sure like it was still like an exciting moment. Yeah, it, it, it's just the, the first one with, with the old bulls was like a, it was a very um, weightlifting experience. Like it, it definitely like all the pressure it just felt like someone boom, a balloon, you're good. Like all that pressure is off you now and you can kind of like relax and like you, you've achieved that pinnacle as far as like for that, for that style. And then one, uh, once the target changed, then I was like, all right, cool. Now that pressure's back. You got to do it again. And it's a different style. Now you got to do it again. Um, and then, so getting, getting the 64 after worlds with the new target was more exciting for me than my my first one and that uh and the just kind of led based on having kind of like a really bad year of throwing because after worlds i didn't get to go to a lot of tournaments got really busy with work um you know life outside of axling happened and then um my my throw changed i changed axes i uh trying to uh, adapt going into the new the new play style and and I should just I should have kept a lot of it the same um but I, I made too many changes too fast and so getting back on track and getting that 64 it, it it that was a bigger emotional one for me um with the new bulls than my, my first one okay well that's all yeah that's uh have have you ever changed your throw and you're like I'm not crazy about my new throw and tried to go back to your previous throw but like essentially could yes uh that was that was definitely that year of uh my down spiral of war of uh throwing um i definitely changed i, I went from kind of like this weird hybrid pinch hammer grip uh from 2020 with that super scout handle because it was more of like a press out of the the hand it, it looked 
it looked really closer to like what George Georgia Barton's original throws were, um, just without right in front of my face because, <laughs> yeah, I'm not doing that. Uh, <laughs> I, 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 after after in, I went to practice last night after interviewing George and I like I think I tried to throw one like that like no that doesn't yeah. feel good I I've got a I've already got seven stitches from an axe in my left hand from catching one I don't need it in your right. face um so I, I changed that and I went to a um I changed axes as well because I was like well worlds I'm gonna retire this axe I'm not gonna touch it you know that's you know probably one of the highest pinnacles I'm gonna end up having um so that one sits just cased up here at the house you know it's, it's one of those memorabilia moments but um it changed axes went to something that was similar for me at that point in time which was like the snow and neely it was like the poor man plum at that point in not point in time i don't even think i've ever heard of that one <laughs> um but a, a lot of the weight was like in the back of uh, back of the head for it so it rotated differently uh, obviously you just had to get i just had to get used to it but um trying to change the grip to more of like the pinch style, uh, that I, I have now, um, huge thanks to, you know, like Theo and Colby and Mike, when they were all down here, they, they helped me out a lot as far as like with the, um, this was way before like the route 64 or like the, the, them, them doing personal training stuff. Um, but it, it they just came down to hang out and they were kind of helping me with the throw. Um, because I was, you know, they, they saw I was struggling, so they they wanted the, they wanted me to, you know, get back on the track, and that was that was definitely what helped out as far as you know changing my grip, um, changing my throw. Uh, it's just a mixture of all three of them, because I mean, obviously they're really good throwers. Um, so it's my style, because you know I'm shorter, shorter arm reach, and I got to get the, um, I got to adjust it to my own, because it's never going to be a copy paste ordeal when throwing. You you, you got to put your own touches on all of them. For sure. I mean, like we've all got different sizes. So even if you're the same height as somebody, it doesn't mean you have the same reach exactly. as somebody. And like, I, I, uh, I started, uh, I mentioned this, well, it hasn't come out yet because I haven't published episode, but while talking to George as you know, typically most people's height matches their mm-hmm. reach, right? It's like one to one. It's like, uh, but for some people like they, you know, if you're lanky, your arms are longer. So even, so you might be, you know, six, four, but you might have the reach of like, you know, like somebody that's six, right. six or in my case it's the opposite where my reach is actually shorter than my height because i got these i'm tires. right there with you i'm right there with you i make the t-rex joke all the time <laughs> so uh but yeah i and so you're like oh we'll just copy their throw and then you're like uh i did i don't think, <laughs> uh, i don't think the dimensions yep. work <laughs> the math isn't there math is hard um do you uh do you know what some of like your like your highest season performances like like CS highest season average or highest kill percentage or any of those kind of stats? Um, my highest like league season is probably going to be just when I stayed down because I was trying to work on my bulls, um, trying to get those better with that new throw. So the highest one for that one was like a fifteen forty six or something, and you know something I, I don't really like tried to shoot for the league like league portions on that one i feel like it's more leagues are going to be where you're getting your practice more for like changing people up of who you're playing against that's going to be like your closest thing of tournament because i i don't I, I won't practice in the middle or even going into i'll probably do like five throws before and that's about it um because that for, for me going into into leagues that's 
the closest thing that I'm going to get as of right now to um, going to tournament and, and throwing it, where you're just sitting down and you're letting everybody else go. And then uh, you get up to throw and you're like, all right, cool. Here we go. And you, you just got to dive in now. Um, so that was probably like the, the highest one for me. It was uh, 1546, I think was what the point value was. I would have to go back and double check that. Um like a 55 yeah it was it was like a 50 i think it was a 55.6 was like the the average and that was that was while we were in the office um so that that was probably like one of the the best times because it it was funny because like walking in every time league would start jeff you know when he was still there with us um (laughs) we would uh before all the office league started you know because we're in the office we would start the we'd queue up the office so we would have the office playing in the office and so we'd hear the music for the like for the show start up every time like and, and it would queue up instantly as soon as we would start league so it, it kind of make every day felt like it was an office episode and he, awesome. he was definitely the dwight of the group which was pretty fun <laughs> oh jeff? yeah it was definitely jeff <laughs> uh shout out to jeff he uh he i think he gave me a ride from what's it brian the college station neighbor back like from the brewery mm-hmm. back to the backyard or whatever. But good, just yep. good people. Uh, do you know what your uh, highest kill shot percentage in a league is? <laughs> I, I ask because I've been like, I've, I've been trying to like set like, you know, some goals for myself, like, uh, you know, up until I think, I think I, I like my highest was like 50% until I think I squeezed in like a marathon at the end of 2022. And then I think I like a 62 five. Mm-hmm. Um, but I wasn't going a hundred percent. So it's, I feel like it's got like a, an asterisk yeah. on it. So I, I don't know what my, like, I think, I think going a hundred percent, my high is 50%. I think, so my highest, um, I, I think when going into it, uh, tournament wise, my highest was ever, I, I, it was only like 75 ish. And that's just what I needed to go for. Uh, but league wise, I, I feel like it's more of just relaxed. Cause for me, I don't get the same pressure in league than I do you know, in tournaments, um, I, I I think I'm definitely more of a, a better tournament thrower than I am a, a a league thrower because I feel like I'm too relaxed there. But um, you think like the stakes change things? Like at league, there's not really stakes, but a tournament, like you know, kind of. I, th- this is yeah. It. I, I I feel like it's more of one of those. Um, so like when you're in practice. Um, the best thing I can equate it to is like when in practice in football, you're doing like half speed and you know, cause you're not doing full speed all the time. And so that's kind of like what I feel like when I'm in practice also like, or in leagues, I feel like I'm doing like half motions, which is a horrible habit by the way, especially for this sport. Um, but I, that's what I feel like I'm at. And then the, uh, like going into tournaments, it's like, that's game day. Like, you've already watched your film. You've already done all this. It, you're, 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 it's time to go. And then, so that's where, um, my, uh, kind of reaching back out there. Money Matt kind of told me this off to the side. He goes, you're like one of the, um, only people that has like a double side to you because like in leagues, you're super laxed. And then when it gets to like playoffs or like Lee or like tournaments, you just, you, there's something you just turn on and it's a completely different person. And I, I feel like that's kind of like where you would need to be because you need to be able to perform where, where to perform, but you got to be able to get there to perform. So you got to have like that middle ground. 
I'm trying to find that middle ground because I feel like I was the like, no, like this is serious. I want to compete and that's it. And then I didn't compete well. And so then I was like, well, I didn't do well. So then I'm not even bothered yeah. going. It's like, oh, I've, I've never beat that person before. So I'm, and they're going. So I'm not even going to bother going to this tournament and waste the money and the time. I'll just save and spend on something else. But I didn't, that wasn't fun. It, like, they didn't mm-hmm. feel good. And, and then it's also like, you're like, well, you're not going to get better if you don't try. And so then I'm like, it's like, oh, well, maybe if I swing to the other end of the spectrum, like, all right, just go have fun. Exactly. Like, just go have fun. Go enjoy it. Go make some memories. Uh, and then, you know, hopefully, you know, through just, the experience like, Oh, eventually, you know, it'll all add up and like, okay, I will get better. Cause I'm still, I'm doing yep. it more. Uh, but at the clash, I think I was, I went too far and I was like, no fun is first. Having fun matters more than competing. I was like, Oh no, I think I overshot. I think I got to There's going to be a he- healthy balance on that one. I think when it's like tournament wise, it's going to be like a 60, 40 at least you got to yeah, compete, yeah. but you also got to have fun doing it. Cause if you're not having fun, then why are you doing this? Exactly, but uh, that's also probably the reason why I'm not winning anything. Uh, like I think, the, I think the only thing I've ever won is oh. leagues. I don't think I've ever won. Like, Sorry, Bill, I'm right so there well. with you. So probably yeah. my math is wrong somewhere <laughs> there. <laughs> cool. I mean, you've at least made it on ESPN. I'm, I'm not even there. I'm not even in like striking distance. So, uh, but when, uh, when you, I guess like, and the times when you've like taken practice the most seriously i guess like maybe before owning mm-hmm. a venue when you could practice more when you're like oh i can just focus on my throwing only and not like the operations right. of an axe throwing venue uh did you have any kind of like systems or routines or habits or anything as far as your practice went or any like structure to it or is it like just go put in reps um so the most serious my my practice ever got was leading up to that 2020 worlds that was probably like the most serious that my practice was ever um, I still kind of implement the same thing. I just cut down the time. Um, because at that point in time, I was probably over-practicing. Um, I definitely wasn't throwing like 10,000 throws a day or something like that. But I would do um, – so leading up for, for for that event was I would come home – well. I'd, I would leave work. I'd have my axes like in my bag at work and then I would go and change at hurling and Bart and them were cool enough to, you know, let me hang out there, you know, after it closes and everything. And, you know, they would come and, and look close up because when Jeff was there, you know, Jeff having the, the van life, he was able to, you know, come and lock up and everything or let me in and whatnot. Um, just go tap on yeah. the bus like, all right, Jeff, I'm Yeah, done. exactly. Because I would just park back there back next to him, and he would, you know, they would let me in and everything, and I could practice, and it was cool. Um, and it kind of carried through, especially, like, with Jeff was there, even before Jeff was there, because Barton lives close to the, the venue back when it was uh, in Pearland. Um, um, so leading up to that, like, I would go, I'd get there probably, like, 8.30-ish, and then I would leave at, like, 2 in the morning. Um Damn. Were you practicing that whole time or were you taking breaks? I was resting in between. Um, so I, kind of at that point in time, what like what I was going, what I was looking for was throwing those qualifying throws. So back when, you know, qualifying throws were a big thing, and that was what you were doing as far as like going into tournaments and what your seating was. That was, that was practice. Cause that, that's what mattered at okay, that point so. in time. Um, 
you know, you go in. And that was like 50 alternating five yep. or, or 50 and then kills on five and 10. And you didn't have to alternate, Correct. right? Yeah. So it was um, uh, kills on five and 10, um, 50 throws total. So five, 10 throw games. And then just like, um, just like Teet said, uh, you know, it was the, the 10 throws, the 10 kill shots. Because when it gets when it gets down to it, you know it. You're gonna have to. Uh, it, it was proven. It's been proven multiple times. You, you're gonna have to be able to hit kill shots, and that number is. It's only gonna go up. Um. Yep. So if you can at least practice those ten, then you're you're there. Uh, you're 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 sitting good. Um. But that was that was what I would do. I would I would do the the fifty throws, the ten overtime kill shots. I'd sit down, hang out about an hour. Um, have a snack, just watch a little bit, watch a show, like kind of get cold. I'd get the most cold I could get and then turn around and do it again. Um, put it all down after I'd, I finished everything out, compare those two. Um, I was like, all right, cool. This is what I did on this portion. And this is what I needed to change. I need to make this portion more serious. Um, or I need to lighten up on this portion because, you know, I'm thinking about it too much. Um, and that that was it. So leading up for that week, that's I was probably there, you know, um, every day that week leading up to Worlds, doing that same thing from like 8.30 p.m. to like 2 a.m. Um, practicing and um, getting getting that week long of that's the prepping. That's prepping for game day. And it was I mean, it paid off. I take it. Um would I do it again that much? No, that's way too much. That's way too much <laughs> practice. It's it's not. You don't need that much. Have uh, Have you ever gotten burnt out yes. throwing? <laughs> yes. Um, was I'm, I'm actually glad I didn't burn out like fully to the portion of quitting, but it was like before the 2020 ordeal. Um, like I got to the point where I was tired of. Um, just kind of tired of throwing because I was doing four leagues a week and that was a, a lot. It was two waddles and two, or it was three waddles and an IATF league. Um, while still working while, and yeah, being while dad, still working and being dead. Yep. It was, uh, and like, it was a lot. Like it was, it was burnt. I, I, at that point in time, I took my axes and, uh, I, I definitely put them in a, uh, in an Astros can, uh, Vin and Kyle like the you know, tell me with the the Astros cheating and everything with the the, the trash can. So, <laughs> uh, but that was a uh, all my axes definitely went into a trash can, and then um, they kind of sat there and I just stared at them before taking trash out, and I took them all back out. It's like all right, cool. Well, uh, let's get back to it. And so you you almost raged. Oh yeah, I was I was definitely done. Like I it was like all right, cool. I've I'm I'm good. And like, I'm, I'm tired of this now. I put everything down. I sat off. I took like a week and a half break. I was like, nah, I, I need to do this still. <laughs> so I just picked it all back up and went right back at it. Like nothing changed. So just as hard. You're like, yeah, go like go, going super hard, getting burnt out. Screw this. I'm done. Uh, and then like a week and a half later, you're like, no, I'm not done. Yeah. Let's keep going. It's like, I'm still here. It was definitely that, uh, the Wolf of Wall Street. I'm not going anywhere ordeal. Um, but I just reduced it down from like four leagues a week to two. I was like, that's, 
we're good there. Let's cut that in half. Well, and then then you're like, oh, this this feels like great. I, this is just like it's like this porridge. Yeah, like, exactly. I was like, I got plenty of time for free, like activities outside now. Like we can do other stuff. Yeah, I've uh, definitely gotten burnt out. You're like, like why? Am I having fun doing all these, or is this like? Is it starting to feel like exactly? Yes, it's like I'm not getting paid for this yet. What do you mean? Like I'm not doing this. Yeah. Now, uh, as far as like when you're in a competition, like do you have any kind of like uh, habits or routines or systems or anything like that, kind of leading up to a competition or like during a competition, or is there any like stuff that you kind of tell yourself or like you know any any like mantras or uh, or like is your brain going while you're throwing or is your brain like shut off? Um. So while I'm throwing, like, well, so kind of addressing the whole um, leading up to it. I'll have, like I said earlier, like I I have terrible sleep when it comes to that because I'll think of everything. But when I get like, when I step onto like, let's say the the parking lot of like the venue of where I'm at, it's gone. Like all thoughts, everything is gone. It's, you got to pull it out because one, you're, you're, you're hanging out with all your buddies that are there that obviously we don't see all the time. Um, but it's good to like get there and catch up. So now you're just hanging out with everybody. Uh, so you're not thinking about the, the tournament and which was the aspect of it, of the tournaments that I love, like sitting there, you know, hanging out with all your buddies, uh, making it a, making it a, a, a fun time. And then when business is needing to happen, business is had, uh, you, you know, you got to get down to it, but at the end of the day, everybody's still friends. Um, but mm-hmm. that's the, there's, there's like during the tournament, there's no thoughts. Um, I'll, I'll walk around. Um, it's brain shut off. <laughs> there's nothing happening in there. It's just autopilot walking around. And then when I get up to, um, when I get up to throw, uh, it's like someone turned on touch tunes in my head and it's just like random songs that I've heard throughout the day that are just playing. And that's kind of like, that's my okay. cadence as hard as like when I'm going through, um, the other, uh, during the winter league, this past one that just happened, like, uh, when I threw a 64 against George, I was singing, uh, I'm a little teapot. <laughs> like, I don't know. It's just like random things that pop in my head. I was like, yeah, that works. And, and the rhythm worked perfectly. And it was, it was like, I'm all just right. walking back and forth and I'm a little teapot and all right, here, we're there. Have you uh, have you thrown a sixty four since? Then? Um, since that season, no. Um, I the the highest I've gotten this season so far is a sixty one, and I had a nice solid three fives. You uh, sounds like you might have to dust off. I'm a little yeah. I'm, I'm gonna have to bring it back out. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I uh, yeah, I feel like it's weird. Like I, I feel like I kind of go in and out of both, right? Like there are times where I'm like, I can hear the conversations behind mm-hmm. me and I can like, you know, you hear the, but then there's other times where I was like, where like I've, there's actually been times where I've been grumpy where I like paid to hear a song on touch tunes. And then it came up while I was throwing and it's like, it didn't even get to exactly. Yep. 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 And that was, that was us at the clash because we were going through touch tunes and it was like, Oh, that song came on him and I missed it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, the, <laughs> I mean, I, I love I love bullying the touch tunes. Yeah. I used to like it, it's it's also like a weird like a privilege. It's like okay, like I have uh it's like to be like I used to be like I'm not wasting money on a, the jukebox and now I'm like 
I can control the jukebox. Yeah, the, the, <laughs> that was like David. The uh, uh, it was a Duncan for the haunted hatchets that we last had at Hurling here. He put like all I want for Christmas by Mary J. Blige for twenty dollars <laughs> worth. Twenty dollars worth of that just had it on replay. That's uh, sounds like the John Mulaney joke where he's like, "I just played What's New Pussycat on repeat." <laughs> Yes, exactly. And you throw one random song in there, it's like, all right, cool, it's over. Boom, right back to it. Yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, oh, uh, one thing that uh, I think we, I guess, like, brought up but didn't actually get into, um, like, what are your thoughts on the 2024 rules proposal? It's it's really not as bad as I think um, everybody's making it out the same. Um, I like the multiple bowls. The aspect of having lower kills, I definitely like. I actually find lower kills are easier. Is that uh? You think that's because we're oh yeah like, uh, we're, uh, short? Oh, short of course, <laughs> definitely. It's, it's definitely because we're at pretty much eye height with them. No, I'm <laughs> but uh, I, I do like the so like if you hit the top left, you have to hit bottom right, vice versa. Uh, I, I that's a I cool like, yeah, like that's that. a cool aspect. You have to it changes it up, makes it a little different, moves the target around, so it's not like the same three things over time. Um, the 15 foot ordeal, it's going to get, you're going to have to get used to it. I mean, if that's what, you know, ends up taking place and that's what's set in stone, it is what it is. I mean, it's what my fourth target change. So I'm at the end of the day, it is what it is. It's what's going to move the sport forward. Um, or, I mean, it could not work and, Things get adjusted. I mean, it's not anything set in stone like they've said as of right now. Um, it's a proposal. Yeah, it's, it's, it's all proposal stuff. Things are going to change. Um, which, if it implements and like one and a half rotations can be a thing, um, I'm definitely going to have a lot more fun, I think, coming into it. Uh, because it's going to add like the, the aspect of what we had for like the skills events for IETF. And it's going to kind of bring it to like more. And those were fun. I love. I absolutely oh, yeah. love the skills yeah. events. Like the. Do you ever do time trials? I did, so I did my first time trials ever at Houston at or Houston Urban when they were open still. Um, I am, um, let's say, not fast, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I definitely had the wrong shoes on when I was uh, trying to do that. So I, I definitely it, it looked like a Scooby Doo chase scene. <laughs> where I'm like running in place, so yeah. Uh, but it was it was fun. You're spinning exactly. Your was, uh, but that's that's where it was. It was fun. I mean, it was it had a great time. I like I love those like random random doubles. Absolutely love that. And then seeing like for that pro am tournament they announced having knife duels. Oh, I'm so I'm in on that one. I love that. That's cool. That's gonna be chaotic. Oh yeah. yeah. Uh, I have not had a chance to read that the full announcement yet, um, just because I've I've been busy. My wife's actually at the tournament in uh, the was it the Show Me State Hoedown. Oh yeah, nice. Um, at, um, yeah, she's she's at the she's at that this weekend. Yep, um, with like uh, some of the other uh, women of the Oklahoma mm-hmm. Axe community, uh, they carpooled out there together, which it means which is what let me do two podcasts this there you weekend. Go. Uh, but I'm also uh, I think I, t- I bit off more than I could chew because I'm like. I'm on solo dog duty, so I got to take care of my two normal dogs. And then we have a foster dog right now, so you got to take care of uh, – he's got a wicked underbite. If anybody wants a dog, uh, he's 30 pounds, and I've named him Dale because he's got a crazy underbite. <laughs> um, 
so if anybody wants a, a dog, I got to foster. I'll I'll deliver him. Give me a reason to drive right. him somewhere. <laughs> um, um, but uh, yeah, it. So I I I like the new rules. Like I I don't you know I some some of them I like more. Mm-hmm. What do you think about the new the new kill with like the like you got the center that's eight and then the ring is six. Um. So I'm for it. I like it. it. Even though it's shrinking again, it is, you know, it's one of those things. I, I do like that. It's like a point value. I think it's the, the aspect to what we wanted for premiere that they kind of took, they took like what we heard for those kills and uh, well for those clutches for premiere and, and kind of made that a thing. Um, so that like, if you weren't, you know, completely flushed through that box, that you're, um, you know, you're still getting some point values because, you know, you're still smashing the, the shot. Partial credit. Yeah, exactly. You know, having it making making it to where you're getting some of the points instead of, you know, it's all or nothing, you know, that, that, that's still going to help. It, it's, it, it goes a long way. It, it kind of takes a little bit of that, um, the aspect of either you're hitting it so you hit it, but you don't hit it completely. So you're still missing, but you hit your target. Yeah. I, I, I like, I like the smaller or like, you know, I, I don't know what to call the center of the, the new kill. I've just been calling it like the core. Yeah. I don't know. Or the nucleus. Yeah. I don't know. Um, or the dot like, maybe. I don't know. The dot. The grimace the is bigger brother. Yes. Yeah. Um, but no, I like it because uh, I feel like, you know, I, I feel like I could, take a video of me throwing on that and show it to my dad who knows like nothing about the sport other than you throw it at mm-hmm. the target. Right. And you know, cause I, I've shown pictures like, Oh, how'd you do? And I like, you know, my dad doesn't know what a premier clutch right. is. And he's like, Oh man, like that looks great. You know, it looks like you as like, yeah, it was worth yeah. nothing. That was, was garbage. I, uh, yeah. Do, uh, I do think, um, I guess having thrown both Premier and Waddle, uh, what like what are your thoughts on the Premier clutch? Because I didn't like it at first, and now I like. I mean, I don't like. I'm not like it's the greatest thing ever, mm-hmm. but it's more like it, I feel like it, it hurts so good. It, so I'm gonna agree with you on that one. I, I definitely agree. It's one of those things where I, we all hated it at first. Um, the original portion of what they had up was absolutely horrible. When they adjusted it to what it is now, um, Talking about the yeah, box. it's much better now, even though you're still, like, if you're not cutting through both lines, coming all the way through, it's still kind of like, well, you know, whatever. But, like, because like you just said, with you, you know, with your dad, you know, I'm hitting, th- I have three quarters of this blade cutting this whole entire block, this whole box. But the only thing that didn't count was like the the pen line at the very bottom or the marker line at the bottom. And it's like, well, you know, it's still zero. I could have just throw it on the ground. But um, I mean, it, it's it's definitely one of those. It 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 does hurt in a good way when you miss it. But then um, it's, when you do hit it, it's like, all right, cool, nice, that was good. Yeah, the uh, like a premier a premier clutch. Because I, I've had so many, and I've tried explaining it to like some of the people in, in like the leagues I throw at that have never thrown IATF. Right? They're like, well, what are the differences, right? And I feel like I, th- I should just like write like a blog post <laughs> or something. But I'm like, what are? The- Here's a link, right? But um, the and, and 
you know, please correct me if I get anything wrong, but like, it seems like with Waddle, you got to get two variables, right? X mm-hmm. and Y. Right. But on a premier clutch, I feel like you need to get four variables, right? Cause you got to get the rotation, mm-hmm. right? Cause I've had a lot of premier clutches where I hit, but I didn't hit flat. I hit right. toe. And so it's like, you know, okay. Uh, actually, uh, I think in practice, I might've thrown a premier clutch where the toe was completely in the box, but I didn't break any of the lines. So I was, my X was 100% in the box, like, but it was worth zero. Yeah. Right. I think the, I think the way the rules are currently written is that that's the case, like, because you have to break both mm-hmm. lines. And so it's like, I 100% of my blade is in the box. Yeah. That, that's, but, <laughs> that's one of those things with it. It's like, it's one of those, you hit it, but you're like, you miss and it's, it's frustrating. It, yeah, it, it's definitely a frustrating aspect of it, but you know, it's going to have to change and you're going to have to learn new rotations. And it's like us adapting to pine. You had to learn how to throw. Yep. So, and so, so the rotation is the third yep. variable that I'll, I'll explain. And then the fourth one, I think I, I don't know what to call it, but I call it like skew, right? Cause typically you should, your act should be mm-hmm. sticking 12 to six straight right. up and down, but sometimes it's got a little bit of like a skew to it. And I've had some where you're like, well, if I had thrown f- straight, it would have broken both lines, but like, oh, the top part was like at 12 o'clock and like maybe like on the, you know, just inside the box, but it was a little bit of a skew. So it was like a 12 yep. to seven and that bottom was out and it's like, oh, this, oh, I hate it. But it's like, I mean, it's just like, it's, it's just like a box. It's just like, yo man, throw yeah. better. you're breaking oh. that left. You're breaking that left corner, but you're not breaking the bottom portion here. Yeah. Oh yeah, I've yeah. had a couple of those, but that's the unfortunate thing. I like throwing a like a rounded blade, and it covers just above it. And you're like, oh gosh, here we go. So I switched to like, like yep, for Premier, I'm using like the, the Queen of Hearts for clutches, and like one okay. of those like NATF certifieds for bulls. Oh yeah, those. Uh, um, I, I got one of those floating around. Those. That that's so that's like my combo for those. I, that's it feels really good, and it's kind of close to weight. It's a little heavier for clutches, but I'll I, take it. I, uh, I applaud anybody that's throwing a, a four-inch flat blade on their bulls for ITF on their premier bulls. That's a it's a power move. Yeah, uh, I I tried to throw my my nat my my natty for it, and dude, I was it's rough. <laughs> it's it's so rough. <laughs> like feel it throwing that fo- that true four, but still hitting flat, and then you're you're just getting punished. <laughs> it's like going somewhere just there to was- get beaten for payment. God, I put I put the toe right on the dot at the center of the bullseye. Good job, you bled into a three exactly <laughs> every time. Cool man. Uh, yes, yeah, so I think uh, I think that's kind of that. Um, I think we can get into the community cool. questions. Sounds good. Um, I guess while I pull those up, if uh, if you think of any stories or anything that we missed, uh, you can kind of start thinking about that while I refresh this page. Um, oh, let's see what's okay. Cool. Uh, all right, let me load all of them. Uh, and again, uh, this is your time. Uh, I, I, a lot of times I don't know what, you know, I don't know everybody that's asking mm-hmm. questions and I don't know a lot of the inside jokes that they may be referring mm-hmm. to. Uh, and sometimes the guest doesn't know what they're talking about. So say, so, uh, if you're like, if you don't know what it is, you can say like pass. Oh, yeah. I, I'm not shy. I'll, I'll, I'll openly, I'll, I'll talk about it. Whatever they have in there is fine. Okay, cool. All right. 
So first question uh, is from uh, Matthew Pelletier. Oh, Money we Matthew. can pass that. No, I'm, I'm kidding. Go ahead. Go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Is it true that Zomer's dominance over you in the ITF is what pushed you to retire? Do you plan to come out of retirement and reclaim your throne? Um, Zomer definitely has my number in ITF. Like for here in Houston, he's he's a monster. That dude's good. Um, he's not the reason. Kyle, Kyle, yeah, Fournette. Kyle Fournette. He's not the reason I left. Um, the reason I stopped throwing was obviously because I got busy doing the, the venue. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to work more ITF back in and kind of get back into the swing of it. Cause I, I do miss it. It is fun. It was one of those like more relaxing kind of times. It brought me back to having a good time of throwing. Um, and then it got me unfocused from, it got me looking at something other than like red and blue dots all the time. Um, mm. But I mean, Waddle definitely helps out with IETF because aim small, miss small. You're hitting, you're hitting something smaller, and you know it's what you from a little farther away. Um, it definitely helps like your aim point for IETF. But um, yeah, no. To to answer that second part of that question, yeah, um, I'm going to that premiere. That premier tournament, the premier marathon on the 30th, that's going to be a, my return of IATF of Homeless Nick. Are you, uh, like, sorry, because you don't have a premier 81 I, yet? I do not have a premier 81. I've been close. I've been close, but I've. Uh, yeah, I don't, ha- I don't yeah, have one yet. That's a hard one. That's a tough one to get. Yeah. I, um, one of the things that I, is, I, I agree, like, uh, like, I feel like Waddle has tightened up my accuracy mm-hmm. right because like especially on itf standard i feel like you know the bulls were a formality like throws one through four you just kind of zone out and just mm-hmm. like go through the motion completely agree um and like that's not good right <laughs> like uh and so waddle can't do that yep. as much you know like like it's not a form you know um but one of the things i do love about itf uh is playoffs matter playoffs are worth yep. something they used to matter in Waddle. They used to matter. I remember those days. Pepperidge Fires more members. Well, and and I think the reasons for making playoffs not matter are totally valid, right? Because you know, you know, I feel like it's it's easy to kind of be on both sides of the spectrum. Like, well, I, you know, like okay, maybe I don't throw well in league, you know, in like weeks one through twenty eight, because like, all right, whatever, like I'm just having yep. fun. But then playoffs are like, okay, like you know, this is you know like these do matter, you know, like these are high pressure throws and, you know, like, you know, I rise to the occasion for those. I missed yep, that. Exactly. Um, so there's that, but then also, uh, Oh, uh, sorry. My, I think my headphones just died. Yep. Sorry. I hear you. You're good. Okay, cool. Sorry. Uh, technical difficulties, but then also I feel like ITF, um, like especially in uh, the tiebreaker, mm-hmm. right. It's not who sucks less. Like you have to hit, somebody has yep. to hit. You know, so like the the number of throws that go to like like sudden death. I've had just this, uh, you know, the sudden death of an ITF match that was longer than an entire Waddle match. You know, like like a thirty throw big axe because you know either we both keep missing or we both keep yep. matching. I, I think like Zomer and I had a one one of the. So Matt says that says that because a lot of the playoffs, like when it was Zomer and I, it was it was us two in one and two. Like at the very end, it, it, it came down to us two. Um, and one of our one of our playoff matches it ended up going, I, th- I want to say like eight or nine of like into big acts 
none of us we were just off on all of our throws but um so we would roll in we would go clutch and then we would be just off on all three then we would both bowl in again and then we'd all go clutch again and we just off on all those again we're like all right hang on let's try this one more time we go bull down i mean i end up being the person who has to throw first and i'm like all right, let me try to breathe, and I miss barely, and that's as I look over and I turn around. I'm not even going to pay attention because I know it's going to happen. It it always ends up being this way, <laughs> and so I turn around just when Zomer throws, and he just smashes it, like it's it's gone. I'm like, all right, well, there's another one in the book. All right, I'll take it, but I have I got one, I got one over him, and I'll take that. Well, and and that experience you just described, right? That might just be round one of a best four yeah, of seven. Exactly. Yep. Right. And then if you're coming from B, there could be a whole nother best of seven after yep. that. Right. And so like, I've had some IETF playoffs where it's like, it was, it was ended up being like two, two seven game stretches. It's like this, like these last two, like the mm-hmm. finals, right. A finals. It's like took hour and a half. You know, because every match is what you just described. Right. And that, that was me, like, when I when I made the trip to Austin, right, to Urban Austin to do Sunday Green. And it was me, uh, Brett, Tony Luce, all of us thrown in that in, in that one. And it was um, me and Brett in the finals uh, for the final two because uh, I ended up playing him um, in A semis going into it, like, going into the last match. And then I ended up winning that match. Then he went down to B, turned around, swept who he played, and then turned around, had to play me first. The first series of that, he ended up, he got me. We went to the the last portion, so he beat me in the first set, and it went all the way to seven. I got home at like three thirty in the morning that that weekend. It was it was rough. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure. I think I've had IATF playoffs last as long as a Waddle Marathon before. Yes. Yes. So, uh, and it's weird because it's like, uh, I'm not saying it's better, but it it's definitely like if you want high pressure throws, like I feel like you get a lot of hot. You're like hit this to stay alive, hit this to take oh, the match, or like hit this to set the hit this to set the tone. Mm-hmm. You know, and that that's like uh, mad right. props to Urban Austin. I mean, it's just a monster house because that's a, that's all it is that yeah, there I, is. You're throwing against people who are just nailing the shots that need to be nailed all the time, which is why I loved it when I went up there. It definitely, it was my highest season ever was throwing at urban Austin. That was phenomenal time. Yeah, I did a, I did that regional IETF tournament recently. And I probably, it's like, I mean, I went to go see my friends and have fun and hang out like, but it's like, Oh, cool. Who's uh, who else is going to be at this regional? Um, and, and I was also, cause like the stakes were mm-hmm. high, right? Cause it's like an automatic day yep. two bid. Right. So, you're like, oh, then it doesn't like if you do that, like, the, the you know, because some people are like, oh, I'm already in round one. So I don't care about a round one entry. But it's like, oh, no, it's a round two. Right. Like, then you don't you only like you can throw round one. And uh, also shout out to Corbin for his baller. Route. I like uh, <laughs> I like I wanted to interview Corbin before then. And now I'm like, I want to hear the story of I'm just throwing all. All premier clutches because I already got a round two bid for right. Yeah, that but, Corbin's insane. <laughs> yeah, that's a. Uh, I, I have to kind of reach out about that story. Um, but yeah, so def, definitely love me some like the high pressure throws, you know, uh, of mm-hmm. ITF. All right, that was a long rabbit hole for Money Matt's yeah. question. All right, 
All right. Uh, next question is from Mike Bond. It's a two-part question. So first part is, I have it on good authority that you do indeed have a home and have had one the entire mm-hmm. time. Does this add an asterisk to your entire axe throwing career, including your third place world's finish? Um, I, I do have a home. It's not a green screen behind me. Um, uh, it, it is definitely a, I, I do live in a house, but, um, does it add an asterisk? Nah, not at all. It's like you got the people who are like assassins and stuff like in their names. They're not like <laughs> assassins. They're not real hitmans, but you know, it, it's like our, uh, I think it was in the interview with you and comp. Like it's your, it's your, um, persona it's a your double it's your wwe like that's your that's your character like like your undertaker yeah. in there if uh if you had walkout music what would your walkout music be <sighs> or, or maybe maybe that one maybe we let that one simmer and so you can kind of that, process that one that, that's a simmer we'll come, back. we'll come back to that one okay uh other question from mike bond is what does that uh, What does that say to kids trying to get into the sport about the importance of integrity and family values? <laughs> Bond, yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, as far as for family and integrity values, I mean, it, it brings it. I mean, it's you creating your persona. You're you're doing. You're still going out there having fun. Um, I think Dolan's probably one of the Dolan and Comp are probably one of the the, the two best people who put personas. That are in this that are in this sport because you got both people are. I mean, Kump was the OG villain at the point in time because he, he did all the. That, that's what everybody wanted to to dog on because he was so animated when he threw. Um, uh, so he was like the heel of the sport, and then you have Dolan, who's like the the comedian. I mean, he does. It's he's the Jack Black of axeing. Okay, he's def- like definitely the Jack Black of axeing. So while uh, I guess while you were uh, kind of answering that question, it, uh, Mike's question kind of reminded me of another question that's common in sports is like, uh, you know, how much of a responsibility do athletes have to be role models, right? Uh, um, so you know, it's like it's like the Charles who's like a basketball notoriously like Charles Barkley was like a jerk, yep. right? Was that a thing? I um, man, basketball is not a big forte of mine, but. Um, I know, I know Shaq's like really big in the community. I know he does a lot of like community aspects for it. Um, but yeah, as far as like trying to be like a role model, obviously you want, you want to have two sides. Like you want to, you want to have a side or like when you're throwing you're, you, you know, with, you're with all your buddies and everything. And then you, you want to make sure you're giving like a positive face to what others see. Um, Cause you, you want it, you want it to look good. You don't want it to be like a trashy ordeal. Um, obviously we're not trying to, you know, do destruction derbies or like go through and do, um, like go out and we're not, we're not doing promos where we're like, you know, trash talking, beating down other people and whatnot. Uh, but it's, a although that would be quite hilarious leading up to a tournament, have some promos going in. I mean, that's a, go ahead and steal that pitch. That, that'd be pretty great to see. I'd love to see that. Um, <laughs> yeah i guess i guess that's kind of one of the things that we saw like because i feel like uh the early itf like was very like you know everybody had handles and yep. a lot of the handles were like of varying levels of appropriate yep, exactly uh, it's like 
And like, oh, we can't say this nickname on yep, TV. Exactly. That's like, uh, so like for WATC 20, uh, 2020, they wouldn't do like home. Like we, we couldn't have our handles. It honestly had to be, uh, you know, our names. Um, IATF being a little bit different on that one because, you know, it's streamed on, you know, YouTube and everything. Um, so you, you got a lot more leeway. But have you, you have to be appropriate. Like for my, like my wife's, so you can't put rich bitch out there on that one. Like that's hers. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I, I get it. it. It's it's pretty entertaining though to see like what some of these promos would be. Start calling people by their handles and like kind of like talking it up. Yeah. All right. Cool. Uh, let's see. Here. Uh, next question. Uh, it's from Dmac. Uh, I don't necessarily. I th- I think he's just coming up with. Like just new ver it's like new DMAC troll question just dropped. Uh what's the most important aspect of taking the fall, acting hurt, and getting indignant? Um, so I had to look up this word because um, you know Southern Texas schooling. Uh indignant's not one of those things that you're gonna just get taught. Uh but um <laughs> I had to look that up and uh the answer to that question would be how much you sell the the injury, but to get in. Oh, so is this like a like a flop in basketball or yeah. something, or like or, or like you know like a you know like a, a wide receiver that's like oh come on yep it, it, exactly it or like in soccer where they like overplay whatever and whatever happens. Um, but the the like the indignant portion is just like acting. Um, it's then get, it's getting annoyed by like the um, not getting the response that it should have happened. So it's like somebody who gets cleated and they're like, ah, they're not going to get carded or whatever. And so I can just kind of get annoyed from it. Cause you're trying to, you know, get that little advantage on there. Um, don't do that next thing, obviously, but, uh, that's, a uh, knowing DMAC, I, I knew some questions sort of similar to this was coming, but yeah, uh, that it, it depends on how you sell the, sell, how you're selling the injury. That's my answer. Okay. Uh, I'm going to imagine that, uh, you know, uh, high school athletes are going to start selecting colleges, not only based upon their sports program, but also the quality of their theater department. So they could, like, so I can sell my injuries. Exactly. In my That's, that is absurd. All right. Uh, next question. Another, uh, DMAC troll derivative question. Uh, are hot dogs made by Vin Crescenzo a sandwich? Um, so I saw this and I had to think on it and I was like, man, um, because I know the answers to both of these. We've had this conversation last time when I was up at um, at Angry Jacks for the the for their Keystone Classic last year. Not this one. I didn't go to this one, but um, this came up. Um, but if it's by Vin and if it's, if it's made here in Texas, then it's either a sandwich or a taco. If it's here in Texas, it is no longer a hot dog at that point in time. But I do agree with the if the if the if the bread is. Um, connected then it is a hot dog but if it's ben and he's here then it's a philly cheesesteak taco okay have uh i think uh since this keeps kind of coming up i I did this yesterday in uh with george's interview but i think i might just start evolving this question to be like um referencing the sandwich alignment chart which is (laughs) like so you have like structures and ingredients right and so it's like true neutral is a hot dog is a sandwich that's like the neutral both uh so but then like the the hardline traditionalist is like a blt is a sandwich uh then it's like a radical sandwich anarchy is a pop tart is a sandwich uh yep. and so would you say like uh 
where would you say you are on like structure and ingredient? So, so like, so a single piece of bread. So like the structure, right. sounds like you're a little more hard line on that. If it, yeah. If it's single yeah. piece and it's all connected, that that's like, I mean, it is, it all depends. I mean, is it a, is it a, like an actual like roll that's sliced in half or is it just like a one random piece of white bread that you're just rolling up and kind of making it into like a poor man's hot dog bun. But like, um, I mean, uh, if it's separated pieces of bread, it's a sandwich. If it's connected, then it's a hot dog slash taco. So now that that does imply that a hot dog can become a sandwich just by either by accidentally yep. cutting the bottom of the bun or if it like dissolves and falls. Exactly. So it's like here with barbecue or in Oklahoma with barbecue. If you have a sliced sandwich, a, a sliced sausage sandwich, it's on two different pieces of bread, but it's a hot dog that's been sliced. So is it a sandwich or is it still a hot dog? Yeah. I don't know. I feel like, uh, actually, you, you know what, DMAC, I just want you to start a hot dog as a sandwich question. And then you just invite different answers <laughs> on and he asks them that, that, that's DMAC. That's your homework. Go <laughs> work on that one. Yeah. All right. Uh, next question is from Dolan and Dolan just says, why are you like this? Um, I'm a, sociopath with a long history of violence no i'm kidding i'm kidding that's a shout out to like uh llamas with hats if you've ever seen it it's like that old video on youtube it's 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 pretty hilarious um but no it's uh why am i like this i don't know um because i am i guess it's it's one of those things i just i i don't know i i have friends in all sorts of like different like clicks and everything. So I'm, I'm like one of those person, I'm like one of those people who I, I get along with everybody. So, and I, I just, I don't care. I am who I am. I mean, you're either going to like it or you're not, but you're always going to get like a hundred percent out of me. So it, it, sometimes, you know, sometimes my wife hates it cause I'm a little brutally honest sometimes, but you know, it, it is what it is. I'm, I'm, I, I don't, I don't beat around the bush. Yeah. I, uh, I, I feel like I can relate to that where I'm like, you know, like I try to be friends with pretty much everybody. That's not like a malicious yep. asshole. Uh, but then, but then also I'm like anybody that's like, I realize I'm not everybody's cup of tea. I don't think I'm my own yep. cup of tea. So anybody's like, if somebody's like, yeah, I'm not a real big fan of bill. I'm like, I'm also not a big Bad. fan of bill. So 100%. I get it. <laughs> yep. Uh, cool. Uh, next question is from Sean Sager. I hope I pronounced <laughs> that correctly. Um, uh, Sean asks, homeless Nick is so, well, I guess it's really just more of a, a statement than a question. Homeless Nick is so competitive that in elementary school, he would intentionally piss his own pants just to win Red Rover, Red Rover. Well, um, in the words of Billy Madison, I mean, it's only cool if you pee your pants, but you know what I mean? But <laughs> nah, that's, that's, that's not true. Uh, Red Rover, Red Rover was one of those definitely games back in school. Uh, that it was easy for me because either I went under someone's arm or I went through their arm just because of size. But uh, no, I pants were always dry. <laughs> Got it. Okay. All right. So, so Sean's just yeah. being a troll. All right. <laughs> okay. Also, I appreciate the Billy Madison quote. I love me my 90s comedies. Um, all right. Uh, next question. I do not know this person, so I apologize uh, if I mispronounce the name. Uh, Josh Heek 
uh, asks, uh, how do you practice? I guess I kind of already touched mm-hmm. on that. Like, uh, to clarify, Josh asks, what do you focus on mentality or such? Not so much the physical part. Um, mentally, I, I try to put myself back in those, the, like the tournament situations when I'm actually practicing. Um, obviously, you, you know, you're going to be sitting down for a long period of time. So you want to get your, let's say for, for instance, that it goes, two out of three and you, or for that you're playing, you know, all three matches, including the rubber match. Um, so I'll, I'll do three matches regardless. And we'll say like I won one, I lost one and here we are in the last one. Um, but that, that's kind of like me going into it. So I'll do a reduced version of like the qualifying throws. So instead of doing 50, I'm doing 30 and then I'm still doing the 10 overtime kills because uh, that's going to be like the closest thing, what I think, to what tournaments would end up being. Because, I mean, most of the time, at least now, especially when you get deeper in those tournaments, you're going to go to a rubber match. You're going to have to go for multiple kills for who less. Oh, I think we might be having some technical difficulties. Oh, there you go. You're back. You're back. Yep. When, uh, Sorry when you about do your that. Qualifying... Yeah. Oh, that's all right. It happens. Uh, this Riverside FM is a new tech for me. I've only been, I think this is the fourth or fifth time I've used it. So, uh, it's cool. It's got some f- nice features, but it's also, it, I'm still learning. Um, when you do your qualifying throws as part of your practice, mm-hmm. uh, so I know like traditionally you didn't have to alternate on five and 10. Mm-hmm. You could just go for the same one on five and 10. Uh, do you alternate or you, do you stand the same? Um, so now I do alternate, even if I hit and or miss, um, I still change. Because if you hit it, you got to miss anyways. Uh, you got to you got to switch sides anyways, so you might as well get practice on both kills. Um, right, just like you play. Yeah, you're gonna practice how you play it. So even if you miss it by a mile or you miss it by pushing it, I mean, still move over to the other side. And all it's gonna do is give you practice of you're playing. You're practicing literally how you're playing. Uh, if you hit it, and like. Not even an if. It's when you hit it or you saying you're hitting it and then you hit it, you're going to have to move over. So you might as well do it anyways. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, question for you, um, I thought of while you were answering that one, is so in league, like league playoffs, mm-hmm. right, uh, Waddle venues have the discretion of essentially being best of one or best two out of three. Mm-hmm. Is that correct? Mm-hmm. Um how do y'all decide like when, which one you'll use and when? Cause I've done venues or I've, I've done league playoffs where it's like everything, but finals is best of one. Right. You know, I guess even then, even then be, I, I don't know. I don't, my memory's not working. Um, but I, cause I feel like tournaments mm-hmm. are best two out of three. Right. And so I feel like, but if you're doing multiple disciplines on one day, that can make for a very long playoff. Um, so yes. Um, so to, to answer that question effectively, the um, que- like per our discipline, we do we still go for the two out of three. All of our league members are cool with it because um, they want that practice. They want the like the real life feel, uh, and that's mm-hmm. one thing that you know us at you know Hurling's been really big on. We we really like having the in the moment training especially for those who do want to compete, who do want to go to these tournaments, who do want to, you know, end up to that. That's their end goal is to get to TV, to TV day. Um, so that's like one big thing that, you know, we all pride ourselves on um, is being able to practice that way and have those caliber of throwers to, um, 
to really give you that push uh, to where it does feel like you're throwing in that tournament. Because let's face it, you're going to end up, it's going to be friendly fire one way or another sometime when you're, when you're going to tournaments, whether it's friends that are outside of your state or if you match up against your venue. Um, but so you still got to do it. Uh, we like doing two out of three because it is the best practice like you play scenario. And granted, it does take a little bit longer, but I mean, we, we, we get enough games moving at the same time to where it, it still moves efficiently. Yeah, that, that makes sense. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely a fan of the uh, best two out of three because it, it also feels like, uh, you know, if I've if I want to play off and it was best of one to get to the finals. And it's like I feel like I have an asterisk on it. Like I didn't win like it was a true tournament. Oh, yeah. And I've also been on the other end where, oh, I just, you know, I, I went I was going 100 percent kill even in playoffs because. Yep there's really like no stakes and it's like, okay, I missed. All right. Well, I didn't even get a chance to like, uh, you know, see if I could like battle back to take the next two exactly. to like, so, um, yeah. but I, but I totally understand like there's, you know, pros and cons. Yep. It's like Tony loose. And I have a, a rematch waiting for like big X for our big X marathon. Cause we all, it was already going for quite a while and, uh, we were getting busier at the venue and then, so we needed to kind of wrap it up. So we only just did best of one kind of pushing all the way through and uh, him and I, we, uh, have, we need a rematch cause ended up taking that one and ended up winning the, 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 the marathon playoffs on that one, but it was too yeah, close, too settle. close to a good game. Cool. Uh, let's see here. So uh, next question is from Fran. Fran asks, uh, what are your thoughts on romper overall trends for summer? Oh, do it. Everybody should have a pair. Especially, like, if, if it gets hot at all for summer, oh, do it. Do you, uh, so, uh, have you ever had, like, friends that have, like, a very specific, you know, unique style, and then, like, you know, on their birthday or something, like, the whole friend group dresses up like them? Because what I'm, where I'm going <laughs> with this is... I think you can see where I'm going with this. I, that'd be great. It'd be a fun. It'd be a fun event if everybody was rocking these. I'm not gonna lie. Um, <laughs> that would be. That'd be a fun picture. Yeah, it'd be very entertaining. That was like one of those things. Um, if we get a whole tournament or just a whole league. Or something, <laughs> have everybody wear the American flag overalls. Yeah, that would be. That'd be. That'd be awesome. That'd be like one of those great moments where it didn't matter if I threw a one or a sixty-four in that day or an eighty-one or whatever. I did. It would be a blast. I wouldn't care. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, issue a challenge to all of the hurling hatchet Stafford people <laughs> for whatever whenever you have like a league around uh, Nick's birthday, y'all got to make that happen. Even not obviously not everybody, but like uh, I think I think even if you had two two people would be awesome. <laughs> two plus be amazing, right? Exactly. So. Plus they're great to hold your beer. You got those two pockets yeah. right on your chest. You can just even if you wanted to, you didn't even have to wear the, like the headband thing with the straw. Just put. Yeah. Uh, at, at Urban Austin, uh, I, I like when venues have like different themes for each night of the, the league. Yep. It's like, all right, week one theme. Week one is like usually intro, and if you know, we have new people, then it's like maybe, you know, might just, but it's like, all right, week two is costume. Week three is whatever. Week, you know, exactly. uh, week four is jersey night, or, you know, I, I think those kind of things are fun. Um, so, uh, reiterate. I, I challenge the hurling hatchet Stafford people to have a dress up like homeless Nick day for <laughs> Nick's birthday. All right. 
cool. Uh, next, uh, it's not a question. It's just a comment, mm-hmm. a short one. It's from Jave. Uh, Stop beating me. <laughs> Yoshi. <laughs> Every time we've played against each other for Big Axe, he's beating me. So I don't know what he's talking about. <laughs> uh, he got me at Lone Star um, to get... I think he ended up getting second at the, like the one of the tournaments that Lone Star was putting on. Um, Lonnie, Aaron, I forgive me, uh, I forget the name. Um, but uh, yeah, he ended up getting me there, um, and then ended up playing him in at Anchorwood. That was a that was a fun one. We ended up when we went to a rubber match on that one. He won, I believe, by a kill shot, is what he had to hit to win. But it was it was a good time. It's always fun when I play Yoshi. Yeah, I don't think I've uh, ever played Yoshi, but uh, it's always been fun when I run into Yoshi at like tournament yep. stuff. Um, let's see. Uh, all right, cool. Uh, next question is from Tyler Desma. Real question, because I forgot. Uh, what did Rob Leverance say in the background at WATC 2020 when you were being interviewed during the broadcast? So um, – I read when I first read this, I thought it was him uh, picking on me for my adrenaline stutter that I was having in the middle of my interview on that one. Um, but I had, so I had to go back and I was like, "What is he talking about?" And I was like, "Okay, yeah." So I went and watched the the, the interview portion uh, this morning so I could kind of have an answer on this one. And so Rob doesn't say anything, but on um, the clear mind of me, like trying to relive that moment what I was trying to say and what came out was not the same portion. Basically what I was trying to say <laughs> was uh, I could hear Rob in the back of my head saying, you, you, you gotta go for it. Right. You know, imaginary. Rob. Yeah. Imaginary Rob. Cause that's him, like him at league now. So like where we're at now, it's like right around the corner from his house. So him getting able to throw leagues again is huge. I love it. I love seeing him able to be back and throwing. Um, but that's uh, no Rob. He's like, yeah, it's two points. You gotta go. You ha- you have to do it. <laughs> like, why? Why? It'd be stupid if you stay down. So you, you gotta go up. So that's that's what ended up happening. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I can totally relate to like what I meant. Or like up here, it made sense. Yeah. But what came out uh, did not land the plane. Oh, exactly. Yeah. That's why I was like, it's like a NASCAR interview, and I'm like, yeah, it, it drove. The axe handled real good. it's like uh they had a i like turtles moment (laughs) that kid (laughs) what's weird is like uh about like like you know like memes with children is that those children grow up to be adults and so that means that like you know you could be working with like you know like oh i work in an office oh what's your coworkers like well one of them is the i like turtles guy (laughs) uh so uh, I really wish I knew why my brain thinks about yep. the things that it thinks about <laughs> Just, and why it doesn't think about the things that I I'm like, this is important. Can we spend some time on it? Nah, sorry. I think about uh, what the kids and memes grow up. Exactly. Like. All right. Okay. Uh, next questions from Jeb Bissett. How did we first meet? Elaborate on that story. And then you got a winky face emoji. Yeah. Um, so Jeb, so I'll, I'll lay it, I'll lay it out. Um, it, the people in this story are going to be me, my wife, Sarah, Alex Martin and Jeb Bissett. Um, okay. also, sorry, I mispronounced his name. Sorry, Jeb. Yeah. Um, the garden gnome Jeb. Um, we, 
it was I think Haunted Hatchet was it? It was either Haunted or Buyer City Shootout, one of the two tournaments. Um, and uh, they came down to come hang out because Mike and them were all hanging out up there. They all went and introduced themselves, and so they were like, "Cool, we'll come down to one of your tournaments whenever you have one." So me and Jeb were over like towards the back of the venue talking, and um, Sarah was judging at that time. So Alex, uh, Alex walked up and was obviously, you know, um, trying to, was, was being, was being friendly with, you know, Sarah was like, walks over, talks to Jeb and is like, Oh wow, she's really cute. You know? And we all just kind of like been quiet. And then we all went to dinner. We all went to dinner and, um, me and Sarah walk in and the look on Alex's face was just like, Oh, I, <laughs> I put two and two together now. We're good. Okay. Um, it, it's a hilarious story. It don't like, it's not a negative to, to either one of them. It's one of the, it's, it's absolutely funny because we get it everywhere we go. Cause you, you see me, uh, you know, and, and you know, it's like my wife and they're like, what, <laughs> what? And, but yeah, it's like one of those funny things with, you know, us and Jeb. But it's kind of like a shortened version to where it doesn't, you know, make it seem like it, it was like a bad ordeal because it definitely wasn't. It was funny. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's hilarious every time. So that's like the introductory story that we have every time when it's all of us at a bar. But it, it, it's it's good time. Okay. Okay. And we're back. Uh, sorry, I had some technical difficulties uh, slash bathroom break. All right. Um, yeah. So I think. Last question. So that was uh, from Jeb. So that's a, that's like a fun origin yeah. story. Right? Uh, I've, you know, I've, I've definitely been places and like, uh, actually there was um one story where my wife, there's like a, we're like meeting up at a happy hour and I was like getting arriving later, but then my wife and one of our friends carpooled mm-hmm. together. So like my wife and one of our friends, my, it's like my buddy, Jim, they sh- they show up at the bar together and they walk in together and then I show up like an hour later and I think like my buddy Jim was at the bar like getting a beer and so then I like walk up and give my wife a kiss and somebody's like she just kissed that dude and she walked in with the- and it's like and the people are like confused like no like oh I'm the oh oh friend okay <laughs> yeah putting putting two and two together it was the funniest thing ever like when we walked in because it's like um the look on Alex's face like he got like like white he's like oh i'm embarrassed i'm sorry <laughs> but then it was just immediately like hey let me buy you a beer i was like all right yeah cool that's fine i'll take one beer it's cool no big deal awesome that's a, that's a fun story all right uh got uh looks like a handful of questions left um so you got three questions from kara uh so the first one is explain why rich bitch is the greatest wife in the world yeah that's uh so that's my wife that's her handle when she throws for itf she definitely loves itf a little bit more than waddle um just because it's easier on her shoulder because it's closer um she's yeah she's i mean ultimately she's great um she's the one that introduced me into this sport She's the one that's been, you know, my biggest supporter kind of going through all of this. Um, and then, of course, the venue. Um, she uh, gives me, like, like I, I get I get, the, I get the breaks to go and do, like, the tournaments if, if, if open and if the availability is there. You know, she definitely will hold the four down while we go. Um, so, I mean, it's a huge, 
hat off to her, you know, like she's, she's the, the backbone right now of all of us over there at Stafford. She, you know, does all the, the back and the accounting stuff portion for us because, you know, she also does that like for her, her real job. So it, it, it kind of balancing her real job and then helping out doing that, um, while we're there, you know, doing the coaching and, and all that portion is, is it's huge. Uh, so massive, big thanks to her, you know, uh, it couldn't, couldn't be where I'm at now without her. That's awesome. Cool. Uh, next question from Kara is what exactly are your thoughts on eating vegetables? Um, so that kind of plays back to like me playing football, like especially being in the Southern Texas, um, the common ongoing joke for us here is our diet is meat and potatoes because you want size as an uh, offensive lineman and uh, size was definitely there. Um, I just didn't get the size and height. <laughs> um, so I was, you know, five nine and I'm sitting at I'm the lightest person on the line. Everybody's like 300 plus pounds and I'm sitting at like a 235 as a center. Uh, definitely not 235 now, <laughs> but um, it, it eating vegetables. I mean, I, I definitely do, just not as much as I should. Um, not like a because you know, 14 years of your life, especially so you know, being 30, it's almost pretty much half my lifespan of being uh, meat and potatoes. That was my diet for that's what I was going into and all that. And then, um, you know, your starchy, your starch, all your starchy vegetables in that point in time. I could definitely eat healthier. I just choose not to. <laughs> I mean, uh, tasty food is yep. delicious. Like, uh, one of my, uh, actually my, my favorite Cleveland Browns player of all time is, uh, offensive lineman, mm-hmm. Joe Thomas. Uh, it's like holds the rec like 10,000 something consecutive snaps. Like, uh, but, it's funny when he retired and then I saw him as like a commentator later. Uh, it's like, he lost a hundred pounds, but he was like, still you're like, Oh, yep. he actually, one time he tweeted, he's like, cause as a lineman, like you said, like you gotta be like 300 pounds in the NFL. Uh, he's like, if I go jogging through my neighborhood, I imagine that my neighbors think good. For yeah, that guy. exactly. Yeah. So like if I go run around the pond here at like our, our at our, um, like the complex that we're at and everybody's like, Oh yeah, good for him. Good job. Like, you know, just working off all the beer that I drank for that weekend for the tournament. But <laughs> like, I, I was an athlete when I had this. Size. Yeah. God waking up now in comparison to then is completely different. Like everything just hurts. But, um, they yep. like, you were talking about like with, with people that was like one of the, um, with Joe Thomas, like, you know, Chris Myers was an offensive lineman for um, uh, the Texans here. So that was a big thing as we hung out with him a lot. Um, So it it was cool, like to kind of get like the aspect of learning the nutrition values that they do. um, Like what professional like NFL players would have, because some of them take an insane amount of calories and it's, I mean, it's night and day difference between like what they use to burn it off. And then now, and then trying to cut back when you're no longer in that life is, is way different to, it's almost like starving yourself. Like, oh, I, yeah. I, I used to have to cut weight for, uh, MMA mm-hmm. and it's like, Nope, yep. don't miss it. Uh, all right. Uh, next question from Kara. So last, uh, 
Uh, last one from Kara. Who wore it better, you or Winnie the Pooh? This uh, it's a nod to um, uh, the 2021 U.S. Open. This is a nod for this one because at this point in time, um, Sublime was still like the jerseys that we were. We were. I mean, we were obviously still going through Sublime, but I don't know if it was like just like a, a big and tall jersey that I ended up getting. But this thing like went mid thighs, man. I mean, <laughs> like so for when I throw, I wear just like probably like like seven to five inch inseam shorts. Like they're they're you know they're comfortable shorts for big guys like with thighs. But um, with these shorts, it looked like I had a dress on. Like this jersey look, it looked like all <laughs> that's all I had. Um, it looked like you wore exactly. pants. And um, my wife has a video. Um, it was me, me and Ron versus uh, Shane and John Dupke. And um, I want to say, like after the fact, I got I got told who it was, but I thought it was Vin, but it wasn't Vin. It was Dolan, because you know how well he masks his voice. So I thought it was Vin. <laughs> but they're sitting right next to each other, and Dolan uh, Dolan rails. Um, he screams out, he goes, uh, do Winnie the Pooh. And obviously I'm still buzzed from this, from my Owen two from way earlier in hatchet. And, uh, so I roll my shorts up even higher. <laughs> somewhere. It's just the Jersey. And, uh, Shane and John are talking like off to my left and I'm sitting there and I just start dancing and shimmying around and Shane turns just in time to see that. And the look of his reaction is like, what the hell is going on here? It's just like a funny reaction between us. But yeah, it's like straight thighs. It pretty much just looks like I'm wearing a dress, like the Jersey all the way down to mid thighs. I, uh, and, uh, I I feel like those kind of moments happen a lot in axe throwing, especially like if, if like during science, like the goofiest stuff uh, I feel like happens like when like somebody's mm-hmm. like checking or like doing a second or something. Like I think during my match with Garrett at the clash, we had a, uh, we had a science and it's like, all right, uh, thumb wrestle during science. All right, go like one, two, three. <laughs> yeah. Whereas, uh, was, we're just being silly. Uh, cool. All right. Uh, let's see. We got looks like three questions right. left. Um, this uh, next question, is, I do not know this person, so I apologize if I get the name wrong. Uh, it's from Robert Serna. Okay. Uh, one time it was almost midnight, and we were throwing big axe after hatchet and duels, and we threw an entire match and looked into each other's eyes. I don't remember who won, but no drops, and neither one of us were looking at. The- um. So he is. He's. Uh. He throws here in Houston. He's one of the hurling hatchet. Um. League members. Uh, he throws over at Fuquay because that's the side of town he lives on. But uh, we were at Han- Haunted. It was Haunted Hatchets. Him and I had to play Big X. Um, it was probably one of the longer tournaments that went on uh, just because a lot of it was kind of fit together um, and merged together and we just pretty much powered through everything. Um, it it definitely went a lot longer than it should have. Uh, obviously, there's the now the the new time restraints as far as with tournaments, you have to break it up per day and kind of uh, go from there. Um, but yeah, it was it was midnight. We were throwing big X, and uh, it it got to the point where we were just like, we don't even care. I'm pretty sure we both do like three threes, and we we're like, I'm like, I hope you win so I can leave and go to bed. That was both. That was both of right. our mentalities. 
I was like, right, we're, we're done. I, I don't care. Can we both lose so we can both go leave and go to sleep? No? Okay. All right. Let's keep going. So, so you all had like a staring contest while throwing? Yeah. Um, we... So we, we, we kind of positioned ourselves as far as like when we went to throw and then we both stopped and just looked at each other and locked eyes and then went and did our throw. And <laughs> like it was kind of us both trying to sell for the other person to continue so we can go and leave. And it was just like minds and it was like, nope, we're, we're, we're both still in this because we both equally want to leave. Yeah, you're like, all right, I, I can't completely roll over yeah, it was like, here, you're going to win by, like, two. Go ahead, have at it. Nope, we just tied. Did the same exact thing. Yeah, I've uh, I've had some, like, long league nights where somebody's like, I have work at, you know, 5 a.m. or something, and it's 10 p.m., and I have a long drive home, and so, like, I don't want to yep. win this match. And so they're like, I'm going kill. I suck at kill. I'm just going kill, so that way I can just lose and get on. And then they hit it, and they're like, Yes. Damn it. <laughs> yep. <laughs> like, oh, still alive. Now I got to keep going. Um, all right. Uh, we got two more questions. Um, so uh, this one's from Nick Harmon. When can we expect political correctness to occur to become unhoused Nick? Well, it never happened. It's going to be homeless. Uh, it's it's sticking. We, we've got, eh, there's too many in, um, in Houston now. We've got, me and me and Nick Roth, who's obviously a homeless Nick, and then Nick Roth is Nick with a home. Um, <laughs> that, that was like our ongoing joke between the two of us. And then now there's too many people just chiming in. So we got Nick with a trailer. We got Nick with like an RV park or something. Like it's now now it's just becoming like an ongoing joke at that point in time. It's uh, uh you and Nick Roth can uh, have a house. Yeah, match. exactly. This this is for, yep. this is for every, the house. so every time that was the funny thing so like every time him and I would play it would be like all right who gets the house tonight it's like <laughs> Jeff Jeff and I whenever Jeff and I play it's bum fights <laughs> that, that's awesome all right uh, okay last question suppose it's a uh, fitting that it's from uh, Matthew oh, Pelter a money Matt uh, I don't get this question so I assume this is an inside joke uh, why is New York always right. I see what you did there. All right, cool. Um, so, uh, backstory. Uh, we did a marathon league, and they would call science. Um, obviously, so you were at a uh, Urban Austin. Do you remember the, um, I guess, before it kind of got taken away, it was like the, the hater belt? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, uh, I think, uh, yeah. Dean. Yep. Uh, he had, yep. So yep. The, the hater belt was there. Uh, so when we had Urban Houston, you know, Jeff came up. He wanted to continue the traditions, also do the same thing down here. Uh, we had uh, what was called the hater stick that we dubbed the, the dick stick. Um, oh, you're, 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 uh, you're, you're, yep. you're moving. You're walking around. Uh, are you about to get the dick stick? So, <laughs> We've got the, the stick. It's got, that's, you know, that's a, that's a, yeah, it's got hater, science, better, boring, market of three, you know, all like the, the normal sayings that you would say in IETF. Um, so that kind of became a thing that over at the Urban Austin ordeal, uh, not Urban Austin, Urban Houston, when Jeff was running that one uh, before he went to hurling, 
Um, so the, the, the New York thing came from when someone was calling science and I would be like over at the bar and I would look over and it was always like Matt or Zomer or somebody. And I'm like, it's a five. You don't need to science it. Or it's a three. Uh, you can see it from here. I, the reason I won the stick over here. Um, and, but it was right every time, like yelling it from across the room. I was, I think my, my percentage um, it, it's still, it's still hell. It, it might change coming in this new premier marathon coming up. But, um, I think my person, I've gotten like three wrong. I'm like, like 98.5% like of my calls. But so, so is that like a, like a nod to like the NFL, yep. like calling into yep. New York, calling in, calling in okay, for the, the booth, ruling. the ruling. Yep. From afar. Yeah. That, that's, that's kind of like the nod into that, but that's, uh, every time we would do a marathon and someone would do a science, like especially with Matt, because he's the one that runs like battles marathon leagues. When he'll go there, he'll go and do um, all that portion and you know help Nick out and run it up for them. Um, but before he even measures it, he like he'll lean over and go, "What does New York say?" And then he'll go and um, he'll go and look at it. And he's like, "They're right." And it's like just nod it. It's like walk off. Okay. Cool. I, I like it. Yeah, it's uh it's weird how once you've had enough throws, like you just have like an intuition or an instinct about it and it's like surprisingly yeah. accurate. Sometimes uh I, I had a, a match there was just like a little like uh, I guess I don't, I don't know if it was like a unsanctioned there's like a tournament at uh Gotwood mm-hmm. uh I don't know, like a month or so ago. Uh maybe a couple weeks ago, I don't remember. But I was playing uh, mm-hmm. Eli and Eli Morton and I threw my kill and I hit like my X axis was mm-hmm. perfect. And the, but like I, I hit, I over rotated. So I didn't hit flat and the judge is like, okay, it's good from the back of the line. But I knew because I've thrown so yep. many of those like over rotated toe in slightly high kills. And uh, Eli being as tall as it was like, he could see that it wasn't good. And I knew as I'm like, uh, like and the, and the judge is like, all right, we you know miss hit and like and I was like, uh, I got a feeling like I missed and then go up and look at it and over rotated yeah. and uh, Eli actually is like, thanks for like thanks for being honest. I'm like what that's no this is a this is a this is an honorable sport made of a bunch of people that might look questionably exactly. honest. Exactly. <laughs> yep. Uh, no, it's but that's that's one of the things I love about it. you know it's like. Uh, when the judge gives you the high, it's like, like a uh, fill a bomb at worlds. Like, uh, can I get a second? You gave me two oh, yeah, points. Exactly. And th- that's a huge thing. That, that was like an uh, amazing moment, especially for the sport. Um, I mean, that just a, a nod to, you know, his, his gamesmanship. Um, cause obviously he wants, he wants like the best throw. He wants it to be right. But yeah, that's a, that's a huge thing. Like, I mean, if you're, if you're sneaking points in and out, obviously you don't want to do that, but, be honest you don't want to win that way but that yeah that's that's a huge thing i mean that that's amazing like i I love that portion like if it's wrong or it's close or i can't tell i'm taking the lower point value give me the pressure i'll take it it's fine well because it's also it's you're not doing yourself any favors like you know because it's like uh you're like okay all right because if you like got like a you know on on the beneficial side of like a questionable call Mm -hmm. And you're like, oh, cool. Well, I'm not. 
I'm not going into my next match with more confidence. You know? Yeah, now you're sitting here like, ah, oh, that's a little doubtful. And then, you know, the Axe Gods are going to decide. If you were really wrong, you're going to miss that next throw. <laughs> oh, yeah, what's the uh, – you know, there's like a – I guess like a phrase in basketball, like rim don't lie, yeah. you know. Uh, I, I don't know – again, I don't know that much about basketball. I, I maybe I watched two games this week, which is two more than I normally watch because mm-hmm. playoffs just start. But uh, uh, but it's like, you know, was, you get a foul, but it's like a questionable foul, and then – uh, you go to the line, you shoot your free throw, and you missed free throw. It's like rim don't lie. <laughs> like, uh, what what the axe throwing version of that? I mean, it was just throwback. Uh, I mean, the, the, I think the equivalent to that would just be probably the, what we were just talking about. Like, it, it, you know, getting a second where it's kind of turned. Maybe, maybe where both the players both know it's it's one value, but it, you know, it's it's called the opposite way, but it's really not what that point value is. Um, and you're kind of stuck in this weird scenario. I mean, your, your next row is definitely going to be that. Um, it, it, your, de- your next row is definitely going to show whether or not if, if it was or not, because you're, you're thinking, well, mo- most players when they're, when they're going into it are thinking if it's, you'll know whether or not it was the right call because you can see it in that throw. Have you ever called a second for your opponent to get them more yes. points? Like, like where, where they're like, ah, it's fine. I'll just take the five. I'm like, no, I think you're good. I'm calling second on your axe to yes. get you that six. hundred percent. I have. <laughs> yeah. I've done it on mine. I've def- I've called, I've called second on mine to give the lower point value. I've, I've even said it's, it's way off. Like it's not remotely close. Yeah. That's, that's one of the things I do like about uh, ITF is that, uh, scoring can go mm-hmm. faster because, like, if the as long as both players okay. agree, yep. obviously, you know, it's <laughs> you're like, oh, we both threw threes. What do you think? Just agree to five? No, that that. Right. But it's like, you know, one one of those like you're like it's close. Like I don't want you to. I don't want to get the calipers out. Just yeah. it's good. You got a five. Yeah. Let's keep going. Like let's stay tied. I want to go to big axe. Exactly. Because you know? I mean, I, yeah, that's where you're. Um, that's where you're winning the game, anyways. Is big axe hatchet's just kind of preliminary at that point. Well, then, uh, and then also sometimes, like, especially given how long it is and, like, you know, I feel like an IETF, like, it's, like, multiple kinds of, like, getting getting warm and getting yes. cold. Right? Because, like, because, you know, if especially if it's, like, a, you know, if, if it's, like, a newer league and there's, like, you know, it's a, a mix of, like, veterans and kind of, like, first-time mm-hmm. throwers, you know, like, oh, if you're going in as a high seed and you're, like, playing, you know, like a rookie, it's like, well, so, sorry. You know, and you're like, no, I, I want to get some big axe practice before I get to the next round of the yep. playoffs. Nope. Yep. That, that's that's oh. that's correct. I mean, that was it for when I went to Urban Austin and was playing in Sunday Green with them. I was like, yeah, I think Tony, no, Brett got the first 81 at that, that day. And then I followed up, like, two throws after him because I was, like, two throws behind him in their game. <laughs> And so I had to go in from that to go to Big Axe. And I was like, yeah, I need uh, I need some practice on Big Axe, especially like if I'm having to play, you know, Brett and um, uh, yeah. Papa Bear and Tony and everybody. I'm like, uh, I need a little bit of help here. Yeah, my uh, my only chance at IATC this year would have been winning the uh, the regional tournament. And it's like, oh, cool, who's here? Well, just to start, you have Papa Bear and veil and yep. fancy and that's just to start and then like a bunch you know uh, people a bunch of people came from everywhere like uh you know some monsters came from mm-hmm. albuquerque and like it's like i like i i knew going in like i'm gonna go have fun 
Like if I and I threw I took Papa Bear to seven, I think, in uh uh you know, and especially and I was throwing my waddle axes. I'm like, I don't even remember what my ITF axe is anymore. <laughs> and that was like Clutch uh, City, like here in Houston, like when they did the Houston Urban tournament and we did Clutch City Classic. I was I mean, the top four were all from Austin. And then there was there was me tied with Nathan Ford at fifth. <laughs> I was like, well, well, I'll represent Houston. I'll take that one. Uh, that's impressive to be along this company. I'll take it for premiere. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, hopefully, I can. Uh, hopefully, I can start a venue to qualify for ITC next year. But we'll see. It'll be interesting because we're. If it's interesting. There's like there's seasons, but then there's like seasons within like affiliations. Yeah. Like okay, you know, Waddle Worlds was the winter, and so okay, that's kind of wrapping up. And now we're like just you know the tournament season, just kind of like getting into full swing. Uh, versus like IETF, it's like all right, they're like their their peak is approaching yep. for the year. And then you got uh, Choptober coming up in the fall, but uh, you got the. Uh, I want to go to Choptober, but I can't. I my actually uh, when I'm, it's weird. It's not my sponsor. They, did, they it's like I've it's like my inverted sponsor. I'm like the the festival that let me put their logo on my jersey. Uh, it's Halloween weekend. It's like sorry, sorry Choptober. I gotta gotta go to my favorite punk rock right. festival. Um. Cool. Uh, I think we got, I think we did it. We got through all the community questions. Uh, do you have a, I guess now we can just kind of like go through like any sponsors, plug, shout out, social media, anything like that. Um, so I mean, the only kind of real sponsor I have is, um, just George with Texas made Tulco. Uh, huge thanks to him. I mean, he, you know, with him balancing his outside job and then also doing handles, I mean, he, he hooks it up. I mean, he does, he does the great, he does great things for us. Um, Anytime we need it fixed, he's got it. Um, so big shout out to him. You know, he's phenomenal. Um, but that's really the only sponsor I have, obviously, you know, like trying to get, trying to get more, but you know, with it still growing, you, I'm, I'm not big on trying to like sell myself. That's probably like the worst thing I am. Like, that's like my biggest negative is like trying to like talk about myself. <laughs> like I'll have escapes and I'm like, yeah, cool. This person's really great. Cool. Let me talk about them. I'm like, even like, I, it's, it's one of those things. Like I hate, I hate talking about myself. I don't know. It's just, it's weird. But, um, I, I know what, I know what you mean. Like I, I will like promote my friends as much as I can, but myself like that, nah, just go. My friends are cooler. Yep, go do exactly see what they're up to. Uh, but yeah, so that, that's like, so George is like the really, the real big one. Um, of course, you know, hurling hatchets, that's, a, you know, a big one as well, especially now, you know, being an owner going into it, uh, being able to kind of give that sponsorship like with myself or even, even now like turning it to throwers that we have, um, and, you know, sponsoring and sponsoring them. That's, that's a huge ordeal. That's, you know, kind of, it's what I wanted, um, going into the sport. Like I wanted to be able to, provide it the the right way for like venues and throwers i i like it when a venue can help out you know their throwers and they they go and represent them you know in the best capacity that they have like that that's that's a big thing for sure um but yeah that, that's pretty much it on sponsors you know social media i'm not the best at posting at social that's definitely you know my wife she's she's definitely the big social person on that one um but you know, Instagram's homeless.nick. Um, Facebook is the the Nicholas Rich. You'll see the the USA overalls on that one on the scooter racing from Angerwood. But 
Um, <laughs> but yeah, that, that's pretty much it as far as for socials. Okay. Uh, if you had a, a dream sponsor or dream sponsors, who would it be? Uh, definitely Chubbies. I mean, I, I definitely them and Hey Dudes. If I can get what's up? Um, hey so Hey Dudes is like a shoe. It's kind of like a more comfortable like Croc, I guess. It's just okay. not like Crocs. It's more kind of shoe esque instead of a Croc. Uh, but got it. I mean, they're they're super lightweight, comfortable. It's pretty much just like a sock with a heel on it. But um, and then Chubbies, those are all like the shorts and the overalls. That's that company. I mean, uh, anybody who's got thick thighs, that's that's where you want to go. There's stupid comfortable everyday shorts. I would I would rock them all the time. All right. So if uh, anybody knows uh, anybody at Chubby's looking to sponsor somebody, uh, hit up Homeless Nick. Cool, man. Uh, what? Uh, all right. So I guess kind of last thing. Uh, what's uh, what's kind of like coming up in the future for you? Uh, any tournaments? Uh, any travel? Um, man, I, I really wanted to make Angry Jacks. Obviously, to to like go back because um, it was fun. It was so much fun last year. AJ is amazing. Um especially going up to hang out like with um, Uncle Willie and Cumb and everybody, Cody Park, you know, going to chill out with all them um, and the weather. And it, the weather alone just beats Houston. <laughs> it, it's just it was so nice. Even though I looked like it was pouring down rain one of those days, it would have been great. Um, but I, I really wanted to do that one. I missed that one, unfortunately, because of work. But um, I'm doing – there's like a local little tournament here that I, I think I might end up going to just to kind of get a little bit of extra practice in um, just a little tier three that's down here at one of the, the Texas axes one. I know Texas axe is having one. Um, I'm going to end up doing that one. Uh, I got to go back to that one because Aaron and Nick over at Texas axe, um, great people want to go support them as well. Um, unfortunately, Unfortunately, I, I don't know if I'm going to make the jolly good time over at, uh, at Dranger. Um, going to be on the, my radar. I'm, a, I'm, I'm trying to get to it. Um, go ahead. I was, I was bummed that the, uh, that the one at Dranger, uh, is the same weekend as Riverbend. Yeah. Uh, cause I, I like, as soon as Riverbend came out, I'm like, all right, I'm just buying tickets to it. I like, I'm just going, uh, I've also like one of the things that, been trying to do is like last year I missed out on a couple tournaments that were like closer to mm-hmm. Oklahoma city. Uh, cause Oklahoma's like flying out of OKC is not great. It's usually got to take a connecting flight somewhere. Um, and so it's like anything that's like less, you know, seven hour drive, like, okay, that might be feasible. Uh, uh, Ironside's farther than that. Uh, but so I'm just like, Oh, I guess I could buy tickets. And then if I can't go like transfer them or sell them or donate them or something to somebody else, like that's kind of, the mentality I've been yep. trying to think of to avoid like missing out on something because I procrastinated. Right. Yeah. Um, I, I unfortunately I'm not doing Riverbend either. It's just like with like the venue and I, as of right now, it's still in like those, that new stage. I, it's kind of hit and miss on when I can go. Um, but I, I definitely want to do Angerwood. That's definitely when I'm not, I don't plan on missing. You know, I love Kearney. Uh, you gotta go hang out with them all the way up there. Um, and then, you know, lucky enough to, if I get into worlds again, you know, I'll do that, but that's, that's pretty much it. I'm, it's, 
the big ones I'm looking at is just going to be Worlds and probably um, Angry One. Gotcha. Yeah, it's uh, you know, can't can't go to a lot this year. I'm trying to go to more than I did last year. So, well, uh, should definitely see you Angry Wood, uh, and hopefully I'll see you at some uh, some other ones. So, uh, so uh. All right, man. Uh, I think I think. Oh, I, I think we didn't. We forgot to answer walkout music. Oh, walkout music. Okay. Um, so if I was picking uh, directly from like the WWE universe, um, it would have to be um, one of two. It's either going to be um, the Fiend from Bray Wyatt. That's his little. I don't know what that. <laughs> I don't. I don't, I don't know anything about yeah, modern no, no problem. Uh, so it's probably just, it's like this weird little creepy, eerie like music he kind of has coming out. Um, I have the, the Fiend mask as well. Uh, so I was going to wear that. Uh, that would kind of be like one of them. Uh, the other one would probably be uh, Voices by like Randy Orton. Um, it's like Red okay. Theory is who sings that one. Um, but... If if I subtract both of those and we just like normal walkout music, if it wasn't WWE related, um, <laughs> I would have to it, it would have to be some something by Avenged Sevenfold, like it, it, it just because of how you're going into it. I mean, Hail to the King is a big one. I love that one. Uh, that one always gets me pumped. Um, Backcountry, we'll, we'll, we'll definitely yep. probably take one of those two. Okay. Uh, I'm just trying to imagine, like, if uh, if you had to take, like, a WWE entrance and map it to an axe thrower, uh, I just want, like, who do you think would get the Stone Cold Glass Break? Stone Cold Glass Break would... <laughs> um, well, one of Michael Barton's uh, partners in his construction business was is Sam... He looks just like Stone Cold Steve Austin, so I would probably say him. But since he's really not throwing anymore, um, I'm, I would say probably Nate Hodges. Nate Hodges would definitely have the okay. Stone Cold glass break. Okay. Right. But he, he's definitely he's definitely having that start. one. Okay. Now I'm gonna start. Like, I think I might have just created my own rabbit hole that like this is one of those things like now i'm gonna think about this instead of something else important oh, yeah. like uh how, how to finish them well, that's like philly so. that's, that's but, like the uh, philly space for all the that like comp and all them it'd be evolution like as a faction coming out it'd be that, that it'd be that song okay i can see it cool well uh i think i think we did it uh I think we we went down a lot of rabbit holes, maybe not too many, but uh, go ahead. Uh, it's yep. been a pleasure. Uh, As until always. next time. Thank you. Thanks for having me, buddy. Have a good one. Yeah, of course. Later.